everybody, welcome to the Georgia post-game overreaction show. My name is Rodney Bolsey. I'm joined by Paul Meharry, and we want you to join us as well. I know everyone did exactly what we were doing, and you tuned into the end of the Alabama-Tennessee game. Now, I took that one on the chin, Paul. I said that Alabama's going to win that game, but I didn't expect 17 penalties from uh, the Crimson Tide. That did not look like a uh, – that did not look like the normal Crimson Tide I was expecting. I thought that they would throw all over Tennessee, and they did, but Tennessee threw all over them. So uh, yeah. congrats to the Tennessee Volunteers for a big win there, a program-defining win for uh, the uh, hefty hurry-up offense they have up there. It's uh, Tennessee looks like they're going to be a tough out for the rest of the uh, league to try to get through. So it's going to be very interesting to see what's going on there. So congrats to them. Uh Congrats to Georgia for an absolute butt kicking when it comes to uh, homecoming. That's exactly what you want to do. And uh, shout out to a couple of our sponsors, our friends over at uh, the Seven Six Apparel Company, uh, Rogue, the Rogue Shop. You need to check them out. And of course, our friends at uh, the, the how about say, ASW Distillery. Uh, I was a little. I was, I'm thinking Braves. I'm kind of disappointed with the Braves. Uh, yeah. But because I, when I think of ASW Distillery, I think of the Braves because they have a tasting uh, room over at the Battery. So, uh, so good and bad this weekend. Uh, good and bad Saturday. Great Georgia team. Georgia looked great, but uh, the Braves couldn't quite get the offense going. So, uh, hey, let's focus on the offense that did work. Georgia, five, almost 600 yards of offense. Yeah, 600 yards. Of, damn close. Uh, 55 <laughs> nothing. 579 total yards, Roddy. 387 of those through the air, and you got 192 on the ground. Uh we're talking about penalties in that Alabama game, really crushing Alabama. Georgia only had three penalties for 29 yards against Vandy. Uh, whereas Vandy had, yeah. And uh, Vandy had five for 41. So really clean game by both teams, but uh, you know, just overall, I know I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't know what to overreact to. I mean, I can dig deep, right. I put in the description. I was like, I can dig deep. I can, I can <laughs> find something to overreact to. And I've got a couple of things, uh, but for the most part, I think this is probably maybe Oregon was their best game so far, considering competition, right? But they, I think this was their most well-rounded game. They came out first half, twenty-eight nothing, put points up in every quarter. Third quarter, they got off to a slow start. I think Kirby mentioned that uh, in the post-game talk with Alyssa Lang on the field. Third quarter, they got off to a little slow start, but uh, you know, you're you scored fifty-five points. I'm not too too upset. Guys, if you're watching us, you know what to do. Let us know where you're watching us from. We'll put it up into the comments uh, on the show. And then also, like Roddy said, the link is in the description to join the show. So we have folks that you know join the show regularly every week, but we also want to get new faces. And that's what we do most of the time. We get at least one or two new guys in here uh, or ladies uh, every week. Roddy, before we get going real quick, though, you want to shout out the uh, 7-6. And I've got a couple of shirts over here. Uh, this is their big week over at 7-6. I've got one on right now. Eat more gator. So <laughs> w- there wasn't even a Vandy shirt uh, that Chance sent me from 7-6. He said, look, let's push this gator stuff because uh, he's got two weeks to get it sent out to you guys. It's all custom made. I've got a couple of them here. So I've got this one for next, well, for the uh, actual game, Gator Hater. It's downstairs. Uh, we've got that. Then they've got a couple more, Roddy. Let me get to them real quick. Oh, don't want to go back too far. Yeah, sure. Those. I'll, I'll let people know because we, people we've had people say, you know, who is the seven six? What are those guys? It's basically some Georgia fans. Okay, and this is not some corporate outfit. They started uh, in a garage making shirts for the uh, Predators, uh, players, and parents. You know, 
they make most of those items uh, to order. You know, sometimes it's just a one-off. So uh, it's a it's not this giant corporate. This isn't uh, uh, fanatics. Nope. This is a small three-person operation. You know, but they're huge supporters of the Georgia community. Uh, they they direct donors to the University of Georgia. They work. They do the. Uh, they've helped out fans. They've helped. They do uh, NIL stuff for the players, uh, for the football team, the baseball team, the softball players. So supporting seven six literally supports the actual Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, we have the promo code POS twenty two gets you twenty percent off your order. So hit them up. <laughs> Screw Florida Mule that came in. I love it. Boy B yeah. uh, came here on. So they make stuff like that. You won't find this stuff anywhere else. And this is made by Georgia fans for Georgia fans. So uh, go go through their stuff. Check out the the 76apparel.com. It's a great site. You'll love the stuff they make over there. So and and they do uh, they'll have some neat stuff for Tennessee. They'll have some neat stuff for yep. Georgia plays Mississippi State. Uh, there's there's not a better bunch of fans that you'll find anywhere besides uh, our friends at the 76. Right here, if unsweet tea were a college, it will be Florida. So, guys, like I said, now is the perfect time to get your 7-6 stuff because you've got two weeks to get it. So that means they can customize it, get your size, get the color you want. And if you use that code POS22, you get 20% off of your order. So uh, go check those guys out and get your shirt ready for uh, Florida. So, Roddy, 55 nuts. I mean – I don't think anybody predicted a shutout, did they? Over on UGASports.com. I think everybody at least had a field goal. I didn't think – here's the thing. Uh, when I well, – with my prediction, I thought – I wanted to predict a shutout because I thought they should. But I thought that Georgia had been turning the ball over a few times. And I thought I, – I had faith in Georgia dropping the football or throwing interception, something, uh, turning the ball over on their side of the field, allowing for a field goal, you know, and maybe once or twice. That's just been – and Georgia went those first three games without any turnovers, and the next three they had a few. And I'm just like, man, this is you're just getting. They've been giving away points, so that's why I, I didn't predict the shutout. But it, it, you just watched the way they were getting after it. Very few missed tackles. Now there were some dumb penalties, you know, throwing a guy out of bounds and pass interference. Akili Ringo had maybe his worst game I've seen in a long time. Yeah, that was gonna that was gonna be my. Uh, I was gonna that was my one overreaction. Was Keely Ringo? You took it, <laughs> but, but Keely, yeah, just not a good game for him. But point being, this was a uh, I, the defense let, lit him up, and I think the first thing Kirby Smart said in his press conference, which is ongoing, obviously he was watching the uh, end of the uh, Tennessee uh, Alabama game because he came in right after it ended. Uh, he said that you know he's very impressed that this, this third, second, third, fourth string basically held up. And did not give away, give up a touchdown, and going through the end, they all played to that uh, standard. So, uh, you saw Nolan Smith proud on the sidelines, going, "EJ Lightsey, you know, Jalen Walker, one of you dudes, let them score. I'm gonna light you up." So, uh, yeah. they wanted the shutout, they fought for it, and uh, they got it. So, uh, just a this is Georgia back on track. You know, uh, we asked we asked Jason Butt to do a um, uh, an instant recap. The minute the clock at zero, we want to see. You know, uh, his his take, you know, what 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 just happened? We actually call it what just happened. And his headline for that is Georgia returns to form. This is who we expected to see against uh, Kent State. This is who we expected to see against Missouri. Uh, we expect to see this in the first half against Auburn. It didn't really happen in the first half, but it was there in the second half. So, as you know, we can talk about Tennessee uh, ripping down the goalpost. I'm watching it go off there. It's the craziness. Uh, 
That's funny. Miss Mary Embroidery, she's a uh, she's part of the family over here at the post game. She says, what happens to a goal post after they take them down? So they make new – well, they don't make ones, but they put new ones up. So those goal posts are no longer used, Mary, uh, because they're not going to meet. She wants to know, where does it go? Oh, I'm sure probably some hap- some frat house probably. Well, uh, I will tell you what happened free. to the one that Georgia ripped down, I think, after they beat Tennessee. <laughs> It was paraded up and down Baxter Street. It made its way downtown. It, it floated on a sea of people uh, all over the place. And I think if you go to the Locos on Baxter, you'll find a large segment of it all beat to hell. But basically what eventually people get, go at it with saws. Okay. Oh, because they want a piece of it, huh? They want it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're one of the people that ripped it down, you're like, well, okay, I, I can't take it home. And everybody wants to take it home. Everybody wants to have the – uh, goalpost from when you broke a 16 year losing streak. So, or 15 year losing. So, somebody goes and grabs a, uh, a saw and starts cutting that thing into segments. So, you can have yours. Right now, if I, if I could, uh, if I were there and if I could get my hands on it, I'd be slicing little pieces going, this is on eBay. We're going to start the bidding at $7,000. And you yeah. know somebody would buy it too. So, yeah. it's, uh, What's funny is Mary said she was a freshman at Brumby when they took that goalpost yeah, down. Yeah, so Mary, you were there. I was there too. So uh, when that one came down, uh, part of it got paraded through downtown. I'm sure you weren't downtown drinking because that you know, no, freshman, that would be terrible. Young, freshman? So that would, that would be very disappointed if you were doing that. But mm-hmm. if you were downtown having a, uh, a virgin daiquiri or something like that, uh, a Diet Coke, then you may have seen it being paraded through College Avenue, Clayton, and Washington Street because I'm pretty sure that made that route. I think it might have ended up at the uh, – uh SAE house. So nice. Uh LP says hard to overreact to this game. It, it yeah, for the most part. I mean, Georgia played a really good game. 150 yards only for Vandy. That's and Vandy Vandy's a decent team. I mean, they had three wins. I don't think anybody expected them to have any big wins in SEC conference play, but they had three wins coming in. Uh and you know, 150 yards. Against an SEC foe, whether it's Vandy or whoever, is still pretty impressive. Uh, you know, they, they this is kind of a crazy stat. So 23 attempted rushes by Vandy, 45 yards, Roddy. So <laughs> average, average two yards a carry there. And that's well, not so even – You saw – so Auburn was getting their butts kicked by Ole Miss, but then they came back and made that a game. And who yep. was doing it? Tank. So Tank and then uh, Hunter, the other uh, rushing back, running back, they actually have a pretty good rushing attack, and Ole Miss hadn't seen anybody that – I don't say that good because Auburn's not a good team, but they had a very easy schedule. But remember last week, uh, what was it? Uh, nineteen rush or nineteen carries or not, yeah. excuse me, nineteen yards for uh, Tank Bigsby. Yeah, ten carries, uh, nineteen yards. I think it was. And, I, and I'll be the first to say I was I was wrong about Alabama when I thought Alabama would win, but I didn't think they would give up seventeen penalties. You know, and keep basically if you want an upset, have seventeen penalties. But I was also wrong about. Uh, George's defensive front because I keep saying that this defensive front is nowhere near as good as it was last year. But man, no. you keep you keep shutting teams down like this. And granted, it's it's a bad Auburn team. It's Samford, it's Kent State, it's you know, it's Vandy. But at least against the crap teams, you're doing what you're supposed to. Now, will they be able to stop uh, Hendon Hooker? That's you know, uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, Oh God! Who's the quarterback for Mississippi State? That's up so Will Rogers. Will Rogers. I don't know. That, I mean, that that's a completely different ball game. Will Levis. Those guys can, uh, you know, the running attacks that they've had. Those guys are pretty good. But shout out to the defensive line that I've been crapping on for weeks. 
for again say look you're not going to run on us so we've got uh, uh michael archer says good to see eric gilbert in the game he can be a game changer yeah caught a touchdown pass for the big fella that was huge uh that you saw the whole team on the sidelines uh they i think it was one of those things if if Curry would have let them. They would have all run on the field type deal like <laughs> against, against uh, Florida back in the day. You know, you could have, could have had a, a Mark Rick style uh, team celebration. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they would have. They they seemed really pumped for Gilbert, and you know, good for, good for him. I'm glad. Hey, I also want to point out. So, Rick Gilbert got his first catch, and I'm going to take credit for it because they were had him in there as a blocker. And I tweeted out, you know, basically, let's get a Rick Gilbert a touch here. And right as I hit send, the ball goes to him. I'm like. Ooh, what else can I do? <laughs> yeah, well, the magic powers. <laughs> hmm. So, but then he got it. And so I thought, okay, this is a guy who, I mean, he missed all last year with some personal issues. Those issues cropped up again this season. And, you know, Georgia took him on a trip where basically they had, they wasn't going to play at all, but they wanted to keep him with the team. And they've been trying to bring him back, get him acclimated. So he finally gets out there, gets his first catch, then gets his first touchdown, which I thought was fantastic. But, yeah. So he gets his first touchdown since 2020, right? Because 2021, he didn't play. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So first touchdown since 2020. Don Blaylock got his first touchdown since 2019. Really? Yeah, man. 2019 so, was the last time he scored a touchdown? Yeah. So I was very excited for him. So Don Blaylock gets in. Uh, that, that To me, that was the biggest play of the game because the guy who come back has come back from two ACLs. So, you know, you're rooting for Dom and the team goes nuts. Then Kyrus Jackson has a big play as well, you know, the, the, the big catch. And then uh, Cash Jones, I think that might have been his first. Oh, yeah, definitely. You had uh, you had 11 wide receivers catch a pass again. And they, they're spreading it out here. There's not one guy. I mean, you had Dylan, Dylan Bell, freshman, touchdown. Oh, his first, that, probably. I was going to say that was his first, too. We had a lot of firsts, popping a lot of cherries out here against Vandy. Uh, Dylan Bell, five for 54, led the team as a freshman. Freshman. Uh, I think he also started as well. He started last week. I think it's his second start. Last week, too, yeah. yeah. Uh, then you had Darnell Washington, four for 78. And good God, two of those catches. I mean, two you could just put on, worthy catches. Yeah, you just put them on uh, SportsCenter. They were incredible. Lad, I mean, good old which, Lad. Which one do you pick? The one-handed one was nuts. The, but. the one-handed one, to me, was uh, the better of the two. But you know, both of them were really good. But when Lad, you get your foot down and your the other guys got you around the waist, you know. Yeah, Lad four for forty nine, and uh, from everything we could tell, seemed like Lad was fine. Uh, I'm sure we'll get an update from Kirby, but he's not good. So. No, not well. I, the last time we saw a guy looking like that, it was Ad Mitchell at Sanford. He's like, oh, he looks fine. He's 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 fine. And everyone said, oh, he'll be fine next week. And we haven't seen that so much since. So. <laughs> I'm just I, I take nothing for granted, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think I think he's okay. That's just I, I hope so because Georgia really needs him. Again, he, he at least he played, he was playing better today. What do you have? Uh he had four for 49. Four for 49. Take that five uh, five targets, uh, four catches. Yeah. Uh look kind of maybe back to who he was, but he plays so much better. When AD Mitchell's back, so oh my god, if you yeah. can have AD Mitchell back and Lad McConkey, and now all of a sudden you're realizing we could throw to Darnell. He's throwing to Darnell. And then you're, you know, of course Brock Bowers is out there all the time. You got your running backs. I mean, we, we were discussing last week is, you know, who's the best running back? You know, well, it's Kenny McIntosh. Stop asking the question. That's the guy. But if you get Kenny out there, 
but you can also hand off Dejon or Branson. You, we're basically, and then Arik Gilbert's all of a sudden healthy, you know. And hey, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Marcus Roseby Jackson. Yeah, uh, three for forty-eight. Three for forty-eight. He started to look like that uh, X receiver. Get on. So, you st- I think you're still missing AD. Let's bring in uh, let's bring in Eddie from Ackworth real quick. Eddie, what's going on, man? How are you guys tonight? Doing well, man. Good, Doing good, well. Good. How are you? Good. I'm uh, up in God's country in Tacoa, Georgia. My mother-in-law is sitting on 100 acres. You can probably hear the cows in the background. So different uh, different view for you guys tonight. Yeah. Well, uh, where where are you? What what's what city? The city is called East Denali, Georgia. You ever heard of it? Never in my life. He's okay. making that up. It's made up city. It's just outside of Tacoa. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, since you're up there, what do you think about the uh, 55 nothing game? What are you overreacting to after this one, Eddie? Um, you know, there's not really a lot to overreact to. I'm glad that my points went up from 39 and a half to 41.7, Paul. So uh, making a little run there. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I needed. Yeah. So yeah, um, you've got some tough SEC competition coming up. This is a, this is exactly what you needed uh, to, but you're not going to continue this. Yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I may yeah. end up owing you a stake, and that's okay. I'm, yeah, I'm happy to do it. So, um, I, I tell you, my favorite play of the game got well. Two of my favorite plays are the Don Blaylock play. You guys mentioned it already. Just so happy to see that kid cutting comfortably on that knee and getting that ball in the end zone. I was going crazy on that play, and then Art Gilbert. I mean. A, made a great catch, his first catch, and then gets a touchdown. I, I was just so ha- – and you could tell the entire team was happy for Art Gilbert as they were for Cash Jones when he went in the end zone. You know, it's just that camaraderie thing you can see kind of coming together with this team. They're all happy for the other guys when they make a great play. That's what gives me the most joy watching this team. You bring up a great point because one of the things that made last year's team special – and we, and I always go back to like the, I think it was the, maybe the 2012 team when you had all those great defensive players on there. We have a bunch of guys who are playing for their own stats, no matter how many first round picks you have, and no matter how many draftable guys you have, uh, things, things go sideways. You won't win. But when you see guys who are like, look, I, okay, my name's Marcus Roseby Jackson. I was supposed to be a top wide receiver, but I'm going to go out here and throw a nasty block downfield and block my guy out of it. Brock Bowers, you know, you're all everything. He's throwing nasty blocks downfield, and that scores a, you know, a Lad McConkey on the end of the round or something like that, you know, and then they all jump up. And that. Celebrations are normal, but these guys genuinely care about it. Kirby talks about leadership and selfless plays all the time because that stuff is uh, infectious. Uh, we had Josh on here. We, we lost him. Joshua uh, – Jump back in there if you get a chance. We'll have you on in a minute. But that stuff matters because if, if you're playing for the other guy, you know, this it, is a different ball game altogether. So you saw that last year, you know, the guys, I don't say giving up what could personal glory, personal shine. But when you're playing for the team victory, it, it, it's night and day. And you see a guy that's put in a ton of work, you know, and they all get excited about Cash Jones. They go nuts. Arik Gilbert, they know the stuff that Arik's been through. They know his personal struggles to see him get out there. They've watched – I mean, Kyrus Jackson has been banged up before, but he sees, you know, Don Blaylock go through two ACLs, you know. Who could be more excited? And then, of course, uh, Carson Beck comes in, lights it up. Who's the first guy cheering him when he comes off the field? Yep. Stephen Bennett. So, that's yeah. you're right. You're, you're nailing it. 
could, do you guys know, Roddy, you may know more than Paul, could Eddie have played this game and they held him out because it was Vanderbilt and we have an off week? I, I think it was a situation where you have a guy that's like 80%, 90%. Yeah. Okay. But, but why? Well, exactly. That's, if this was Florida, he plays. That's my point. But at the same time, yeah, prob- probably. But yeah, uh, Kirby, Kirby's played guys like that before, you know, yeah. and it's like you, you want him to be – you don't want his last play to have been what? It'll be two months since he was on the field. Right, right. And and I guess the same for Arian Smith. Could he have played if they needed him? He did. Arian was in there. Yeah, Arian I'm was sorry. In there. I'm sorry. I missed that. I was I was flipping back and forth. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. He got in late. He got in okay. late. Um, he didn't get a target or anything like that, but he was in there. Okay, um, that's good. Cool. So, but so you, you get know. him back, and that again, but he came. He came in. I don't say Georgia wasn't throwing then, but. They weren't. They didn't exactly light him up there. Did he uh, come Nylon in? Morris Steffi actually got some of the throws. Did he come in with Beck, Roddy, or did he come in with Vandegrift, Aaron Smith? No, he came in with Beck when they okay. were. Um, yeah, I think he, they, it was the third quarter. Yeah, he got in a little bit. So okay, so I guess my overreaction is, and I know you guys were doing the same thing I was. Maybe not you, Roddy, because you're locked in on the game. You have to be uh, flipping it back to that Tennessee Alabama game. Uh, what do we got coming up here? I mean, Tennessee. They look like the real deal right now, but I will say this. Neither of those teams can play defense. I mean, it was wide open guys running up and down the field, and I'm sorry, but Keely Ringo is not going to allow guys to be going wide open like that, nor is Christopher Smith, any of those guys in the back end. I know we have a little trouble getting to the quarterback, and I know we got Florida to get through. I'm not discounting Florida because that's going to be a tough game, but Tennessee's the one looming on November 5th. That's where we got to get to to get to the SEC championship. Yeah, I mean, but Tennessee went all out for this game, Eddie. I mean, this sure. is their this was like in a sense their national championship. I mean, they hadn't won this game in 15 years, you know. Uh college game day was there. I mean, this was they were all in, right? Now, if if George was playing them next week, I would be like, Yeah, George, I I have really good confidence in Georgia because then it's yeah. that bounce back game, you know, and they're partying until Tuesday of this week, right. the players are. Um I don't know. You know, I, I don't know who Tennessee has in between Georgia. Uh, they have a nobody and then Kentucky. And is that right? Okay. So they don't have a so they don't have a bye week though. No. So yeah, they've got. No, they were they've already had their bye week. They did. Yeah. yeah. They have they have Tennessee Martin uh, and then go, Kentucky yeah. at home and then they have to go to Georgia. I mean, they've got to get through Kentucky too. Sure. I think they're a good team. I think their their offense is really really Junior good. Jones. But at the Sorry. same time, I, I don't think. I don't think that their defense is that great. I don't know about Roddy, no. but and you know what I saw no, most. I, <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, Roddy. No, uh, uh, you're the guest. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. I know this is about the Georgia game, but I mean Tennessee's coming up. We got to we got to concern yeah. ourselves with those things. But I I am just so unimpressed with how unbama like Bama is. Penalties all over the place, allowing Tennessee to run up and down the field on you, missed tackles, missed assignments. It's just unbelievable to watch what Bama's doing. They, and really, guys, Bama should have three losses. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if this is the – and I don't want to sound like a like this, but is this the end of the Nick Saban era at Alabama? Is this the unraveling of it, if you will? I mean, they don't look like the Alabama of years past. Alabama is not dropping, giving up 52 to Tennessee oh. uh, in any of the last defensive seasons. the penalties. The penalties that they're committing. Yeah. yeah, and we'll we'll get Junior Jones and uh, John in here in a second. You guys uh, hang out there in the uh, waiting room. We'll have you on momentarily. But to your point, uh, Eddie, 
17 penalties, a school record. The, I think the record under Saban was 15. They had what? Didn't they have 15 against Texas? I was going to say, yeah, I think they yeah, had 15 yeah. against Texas. So in two yeah. games, that's so another game they probably could have lost or should have lost. Uh, I in my three-two-one column, I said I, I I was confident that Alabama would win this game unless you know if, if, if Alabama had turnovers, then they were going to be in a battle because every time you give Tennessee the ball, there's a good chance they could score. And I thought that they should be able to put up points on Tennessee. They have no secondary. And what do we see? They put up points on Tennessee. But then they turn you know, Alabama turned the ball over. And you have 17 penalties. You just shot yourself in the leg. They should have got them on uh, fourth down. Pass interference, new set of downs. Yep. Okay, hey, I mean, it should have been an interception. Right. Uh, okay, it's it's over. So I, I'll take the hit by being wrong, thinking that Alabama should win. But I don't know that. This isn't Tennessee kicking Alabama's ass. This is Alabama screwing up. And that's my fear for Georgia. My overreaction has been the last few weeks, Georgia getting in Georgia's way. We didn't see that today. We didn't see that in the second half against Auburn. But in the first half against Auburn, why was Kirby Smart pissed off at the halftime? Georgia was getting in Georgia's way. Sorry. Uh, also, I don't think – I don't know how Alabama has Eli Ricks, who is supposed to be this amazing corner on the bench – and Jalen Hyatt goes for six receptions, 207 yards, and five touchdown catches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would think Keely Ringo could lock him down better than that. <laughs> you know, I yeah. I don't know. I would think. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, I mean, that, that Tennessee team, they can score, but they also cannot defend. So Georgia's defense, I think, looks better than, than Alabama's right now. And so. then both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and hey, and you're doing all this as, as pointed out. Uh, you know, Georgia still doesn't have uh, Jalen Carter in there. So mm-hmm. oh yeah, right. And you're doing this without uh, Ad Mitchell. Your you know your best X isn't out there. You know so, but you know that's just uh, I, I just don't see Tennessee playing. I, I don't see Georgia having 17 penalties. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank thank the good Lord. It's in Athens this year too. Yeah, that because yeah, Neil, is Neilan's rocking right Neelan. now. Yes, yeah, yeah, rocking. Yeah. Much uh, like so. much like the Phillies, and I don't even want to get into that. Uh, we're not. Yeah, I don't know if we're touching on that today, Eddie. We're not going to touch. Yeah, on it's that. just disgusting. But we're anyway. not. We're going to move on. We're going to move forward. We're going to get Jacob Degrom, and we're going to we're going to be back yeah, next. That's right. That's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to. Hey, Eddie. I'm going to get these other guys. They're new to the show, man. I want to get them some love, man. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, sure. You have fun up there, my brother. As always, we appreciate you calling in, my friend. Thank you, guys. Thanks, appreciate Eddie. your time. See you, brother. Let's get a new guy in here, uh, Junior Jones. Junior, what's going on, man? Doing good. I'm, I'm just wondering, is the audio good? Because I got new headphones, so I don't know if it's going through the phone or the actual headphones. Uh, whatever it's going through, you sound fine. So okay, headphones or not, but uh, what's going on, my man? I don't know about that headgear, though, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, the the hair is a little wild, and I kind of try it. to keep it maintained. I need one of those, yeah. <laughs> um, What's so the first thing, um, I put inside the chat: Can I overreact to Georgia about a game that has somewhat nothing to do with Georgia? Yes, sure, my friend. Go right ahead. So the first question I'm asking. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it clean. Um, do we know the time period for Eddie Mitchell? I would expect him back for 
Jacksonville. Expect him back. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I'm hearing an echo in this. Okay. I'm going to try to ignore it. It's okay. Um, right now, watching the Tennessee-Alabama game. So, one, Alabama is hurting them. So that's what they do. They've been doing it the whole year. So, we're in a weird position this year to where Alabama is not the threat for Georgia. Every year for as long as I've been alive, it's been Alabama, 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 Alabama. But this year, I'm not scared about Alabama. I'm scared about Tennessee, and I have Mississippi State yeah. on the screen right now that oh, I'm yeah. looking at and scared about. Glad you said yeah. that. I need to pull them up because I, I said this week that that was Georgia's toughest game. At the on the road at Mississippi State with all the damn, damn cowbells going, a good defense, crazy offense, good run game, good pass game. That that see that game to me scares me a lot more than Tennessee, especially getting Tennessee at home. See, yes, I kind of agree with you simply because um, we can stop Tennessee. I feel ten, like the same way Alabama stopped Tennessee in the second half. I feel Georgia has the ability to do that. But as I'm watching Mississippi State, I don't really know yet because I don't watch them. I, I hear about them. I see things, but I don't watch them. But now they say Tennessee, Mississippi State has that same hairy offense, the same get to the line. We're going to do this. We're going to spread you out, blase, blase. And I know we have a young secondary. So my worry is, is our secondary – as good or better than Alabama's secondary. Oh, that's 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 so tough, man, because like Jerry Johnson says in the chat, he said Georgia's DBs need work on playing the ball in the air. I'm starting to be concerned about Ringo's ball skills. Uh, you know, man, that's tough. I think Georgia's safeties are just as good as Bama's. I really like Starks and, and Chris Smith. Their corners, man. I don't know, Roddy. I don't know. I, it's really a toss-up for me between the corners between Alabama and and, and Georgia. If Ringo can get back yeah, that, I mean, that swag be- about him, then I'm okay with it. Kamari's decent, uh, but I see they're trying to get Dalen Everett in there a little bit more. <clears throat> every week, but I don't know. I mean, you got like Malachi Starks, although, again, true oh, yeah. freshman, but what he brings to the table is big. Chris Smith was everywhere today. Chris Smith has beaten this uh, – uh, Alabama team, Chris Smith, won you the uh, Clemson game. Uh, Keely Ringo can make mistakes, but it's, it's all that's not him getting beat. That's him making mistakes. You know, that's stuff that Kirk yes. can run out of him and fix. And, again, that's my thing. My, my issue all the time is, um, uh, Junior, are you – do you not have the players? Okay, Vandy didn't have the players. No matter how well they played, how well you schemed them, you just can't make them – big enough to handle Jalen Carter one-on-one, you know, there's nothing you can do. Uh, but Georgia's has got the guys who can do it correctly. And that's what we've seen for this team. When the Georgia players hit their assignments, they block well the point of attack, which they hadn't been doing in a few games. Uh, receivers catch the ball when it hits them in the hands, you know, they had some great catches today. And all of a sudden they, you see so many first downs that everybody gets a shot and you feed everybody. So you got the talent, yes. you know, but give me Keely Ringo, give me Chris Smith, give me Malachi Starks, 
Teams are going to pick on Kamari Lasser, but he's gotten better, you know. Yeah, some teams are picking on uh, Keely Ringo because I'm going to say, yeah, 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 don't so. Yeah, but, yeah. I I don't know why they do I'm that. Not, Sometimes it irritates me. Like, why are you going to Ringo? <laughs> like, get fifteen yards. <laughs> I mean, I would. I'd be especially when you can't run on this team. I'm like, okay, put it in the air. Put it in the air. Yeah. Just, okay. Uh, okay. Hell, you you gave up a third and seventeen last week. Yeah. You, know, you hit him on the guy was doing a slant route and Ringo was all over him. You know, there was should the guy should have had a touchdown catch on Ringo today. You know, I'm gonna bring up this. I don't know if you guys, um, because I hate it this week because I looked at this week and I was like, why do they both play at the same time? I, I think that I think the SEC messed up on that <clears throat> by having these two teams play at the same time. Um, yeah. Uh, Oh, but I'm serious. I do want to address this real quick, but I hate to interrupt your thought, but the way that works out is, and this was explained to me by Josh Brooks, because I went to him, I'm like, why do you not have night games? You know, <laughs> here's the AD, you're supposed yeah. to make it And it basically, so you have CBS, ESPN, you know, all the stakeholders who have rights to these games, they get to draft the games that they want. Some have an 8 yeah. o'clock game, some have a noon game, some have a 3.30 game. And so if you're a CBS and you get the first pick, you're like, okay, 3.30, we want Alabama, Tennessee. You know, and that's why that's why it's not predicted from the beginning. Like, right, we don't know in two weeks. I mean, we, you know the, the Georgia game is going to be against uh, Florida at 3.30. The game after that, we don't know the kickoff for it. So they're going to wait until the week before the Georgia-Florida game. You'll find out the following week, what time that game is going to be. Nobody knows, which sucks for people yeah. like me who have to buy tickets to Kentucky. You know, it's like, uh, you know, flights in and out. It's like, do you, what if there's a night game? What if it's a morning, a noon game? You don't know. But point being, they each one, they don't care that you want a night game or that you've played four, 12 you know, noon games in a row. They want the game that's going to get them the most eyeballs. So that's why they picked Alabama, Tennessee. Then ESPN's like, okay, we got next pick. Well, we want Georgia because they're the number one team, even though they're playing Vandy. Yes. And we both got a 330 slot. So they're going head to head, but we think we'll get more eyes. So it's not the SEC doesn't determine it, TV determines it because that's why they give you $46 million to each school. And I want to say, uh, I want to say, Junior, the second game that gets picked uh, after the 330 game is actually the noon AB, uh, ESPN game. So that's the second game that gets picked. It's all a rotation. So um, that Ole Miss-Auburn game at noon was actually the, the second pick this week. Georgia wasn't even the, the second pick. So, And it should be. It's yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I believe it because <clears throat> if you're picking second, you're not going to pick in the same time slot as the first pick. You're going to pick a second time slot. Right. Because, like, even with me, as I was looking up, I really didn't watch the Georgia Vandy game. Like I had it on like the little game pass and everything right there beside me, but it just, you expect Georgia to blow out Vanderbilt, but Tennessee for some reason, like this year, Tennessee has been on the wrecking crew. Burner maybe, been on a burner. Yeah. So, 
My thing is, I feel we can beat Tennessee. We shouldn't worry about Tennessee if we're able to scheme against them. That's the thing. It's not about talent. It's not about players. It's about scheming. It's yeah, about scheming execution. Yeah. Yes. It's just about getting players in the right position to handle that offense because Alabama did it in the second half. I think Tennessee scored one touchdown in the second half this game and Wayne Field goal to win the game. Yep. But uh, in the first half, they scored like four touchdowns. Yeah, first half they scored four. Second half they scored 24 points. So. Yeah, uh, Bama outscored Tennessee 39 to 24 down the stretch. But again, 17 penalties. If Georgia has 17 penalties, Kirby with Smart will die. <laughs> but but one thing like everybody acts like Georgia is an anomaly but what people got to think about Tennessee moves so fast like there was one penalty on Alabama to where I feel the center just snapped the ball where it was like 12 men on the field yeah. I feel the center looked and just snapped the ball the quarterback That's didn't clear. even see it yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and then go ahead it's it just the fact that they move so fast and everything like that. Like, you can't get set. Yep. So, like, anybody that plays Tennessee, their penalties are going to be higher. Even though Alabama has been having problems with penalties this whole year. So, that kind of get diminished whenever we look at it. But Tennessee causes penalties by how they play. Yep. And you have to realize that. Like, they cause us penalties. They, they get first downs off of penalties. You have to recognize that. You And, like, you have to – you have to plan for it, basically. You yeah, have to sit there and be – I think that's what they're going to do this week during the off week because it's just like p- playing a team that runs the option. You don't see this week after week after week. So you have to prepare for it. The problem is, just like when your your scout team, when it tries to mimic a option team, they're never going to be as good as a team that does it with their first team never. day in and day out. So Gunnar Stockton and all those guys on the scout team are going to try to run plays as fast on this Georgia defense as possible. And Georgia likes to do the, you know, they substitute so much. They don't want you to substitute. They want to be running those same plays against the same three yes. down linemen so that you got uh, Mike uh, – Trayvon, uh, Tramel Walther, uh, Nazir Stackhouse, who congrats to him for being able to play this week. I know he had a, a foot uh, issue. And uh, Warren, uh, Zion Logue on third down, still out there panting because, hey, they they didn't substitute. So you don't get to substitute, and they want to try to catch you in a package against it. And if you're trying to run a guy on, run a guy off, you know, quickly, they're going to catch you out of position. And then all of a sudden you got a guy who's in trail on a long pass, and what does he do? He doesn't want to give it up. So he grabs the guy by the jersey, swats his arm, and you get another 15 yards. They just convert a third. Yes. So, man, now and, Junior, you're right. And I'm, and I'm going to say this, and this is what's, this is the most overreaction crazy thing that I can think of today. That's the show, baby. We're, we're in a part to where I'm looking at Alabama and I'm saying, oh, that's an easy win. But I'm looking at Tennessee. I'm looking at Tennessee, and I'm like, 
That's a hard win that we got to prepare for. We're not preparing for Alabama. We're preparing for Tennessee and Mississippi State. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Damn. Because right, right now, because because think about Georgia. Georgia shifts late, offense and defense. You get a late shift. What have Alabama been doing this year? They've been jumping offside late from these shifts on offense and defense. So that's on us because that's part of our. That's what we do. We give you a late look. And that's going to make them jump. We're going to get the penalties. Then that's why I asked about A.D. Mitchell at the beginning. Because we get A.D. Mitchell back, Georgia's second – I mean, not Georgia's secondary. Alabama's secondary is young and experienced and like the grab. So we're going to get those pass and appearance penalties. Maybe like, I do like it when Georgia goes fast, though, because Georgia and we do adjust what the defense is doing. Then when the defense is like – Hey, there's only five seconds left on the play clock. You've got to snap it now. We see what your alignment is, and all of a sudden they move, and now Georgia's forced into a play that's ineffective. And uh, Vanderbilt, of all people, did that great when they were bringing in the uh, safeties in the corners on run plays. They're like, we know it's a run. There's four seconds left on the clock. And then Missouri uh, having Georgia's snap count. I mean, no one was – Yes, that happened that game. That pissed me off that game. You got to change the snap count. You got to change your blocking schemes, and you know you go fast, man. When when George goes fast and they're having fun, I don't think anybody can stop them. But when they run the play down to four seconds left because they're trying, they, they they try to be too damn cute. Let's call it what it is. Trying to be too cute. You're trying to humiliate the guy across from you with the, your play call instead of just saying, "Hey, you know, they can't against Auburn. They can't stop the counter." Well, it's boring. Exactly. In a row, but you know what? They did, and Georgia, Georgia screwed around the first half and wouldn't go with what worked. And then all of a sudden, the second half, they're like, well, you know, they can't stop this counter play, so we're going to run it a thousand times, and Georgia gets what, 300 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. So. And one thing I'll say about Georgia that irritates me is we don't have an identity. Like, I, I really didn't watch and pay attention to this game. I gotta, I'm going to have to go back and look at it and watch it. But um, every – I watched every other game this season, and, like, it seems like two games we have an offense identity, and then the next two games we run as something completely different. Like, the first two, three games, we were an RPO. <clears throat> Worked great for us. And then after that, we were just pass heavy. And then after that, we were run heavy. And it was like – what are we? But is that and based that, on what you're seeing? I mean, is that because they don't have an identity, or is that just because that's what the defense is giving you? I'm asking you. I don't. I don't know. I'm with you. People say, "What's this identity?" I'm like, mm. well, well, I, okay. I'm gonna put it like this. Let's say you're running against a defense that's strong against run blocking. Right? They can stop the run. That's what they're known for. Yeah. Are you gonna stop running the ball? Yeah, that is a fair question. No, you don't stop the run because as long as you're running it, they're going to load the box, and that's going to open up your pass. Or play action, man. Yes. Why does it always seem to work? So so it's like you have to commit to who you are and where you're – 
and what you're good at. And I feel instead of Georgia saying we're good at this, so this is where we're going to be, they try to scheme towards the other team. And I feel that's a bad take. I feel Georgia is a RPO offense with Stetson right now. That's where we need to be. We need to hike the ball to Stetson. He have the handoff. He read it, and then he either pass it, hand it off, or run down the field. I, like I feel it. that's whenever we're at our best. I agree. I, love, I like to see him roll out, too. I think he's yeah, great when they roll out. Oh, I love the rollout, especially whenever you, you have – whenever you have our tight end core, you have the tight end on the right side, fake to the left, roll out to the right, the tight end, take a little slant. It's seven yards guaranteed almost every play. If you run that ten times in a row, they can't stop that. <laughs> hey, appreciate the choir, Junior. Yeah, yeah, Junior, you <laughs> no, got it, man. It. Hey, Junior, I appreciate you calling in. I want to get to John though. John's been waiting. for I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll step out. It, it, no, man, you had it, a great first appearance. Great first appearance. Make sure you come hey, back with yeah. us, man. We need, we need you. No, I'll. I'll weeks, man. I watch every week. It's just today I just thought I had to step in. There you go, man. We, well, we sure appreciate we it, man. And uh, make sure to we're, jump in with us next week too, bro. We're, all right. All right. We're going to put him in the Hall of Fame there with uh, Eddie from Ackworth just as a, yeah. an absolute badass. But let's bring on John. Yeah, go ahead and uh, let's get him on here. I got him. John, what's, what's up, up guys? Man? What's up, guys? How's it going? Good, good. I just want to say one thing. I think – well, I know, and I think with lost sides, regardless of what Tennessee did today, we were still going to have to beat them. Because, yeah. say, you know, even if they come in with one loss and they beat us, I mean, they got us head-to-head. But I have, I have a couple questions, and if you don't feel comfortable answering, I promise I'm not going to cuss or use bad language, but <laughs> I have a couple questions that I want to ask you. If you say go to our site, I will certainly will. But the first question is, how close are you may know – how close is Nick Saban to getting that? Are you really going to go play for that old man, that crazy old man on the recruiting trail, on the negative recruiting? About 20 years ago, I had a buddy that would end up going to Florida State. But 20 years ago, that's what Bobby Bowden was getting from on the negative side on the recruiting trail. You're really going to go play for that crazy old man? You know, he doesn't do anything. Now, is Nick Saban involved? Yes. But he is on the verge of becoming that crazy old man that, and he may already be getting on the trail. You, you guys know better than I do. Uh-huh. I mean, let's see. How old is he now? Didn't he he's just got, sign another I think he's about to be 71, isn't he, on Halloween yeah, or something? Yeah, like on Halloween, he's going to be 71. So he's 30 years, 30, 28, 30 years younger than Kirby Smart. And I'm not saying that they're negative recruit, but that's got to be coming, right? Especially losing games like this. Yeah, Georgia, I'll say, Georgia doesn't do any negative recruiting. But no, it is uh, You bring up a good question I'll put it to you this way though That's When you're pitching Alabama You're not pitching playing for Nick Saban You're pitching playing for Alabama gotcha. And what they do is they show all those First round draft picks And all those guys making ridiculous money They show, I mean even guys like You know, Leatherwood Who didn't, didn't really tear it up in the NFL You know, they're like, look, here's that signing bonus And Georgia does the same thing now George's so like, look, uh, here's all. You can almost be assured that 
you know, unless you're coming to play for Dell McGee or coming to play for Glenn Schumann, at some point you're probably going to have a different coach. Right. Um, uh, it's just that's how it works out. Same in Alabama. New offensive coordinator, what, every, every year, every two years? Like every know, year, new every defensive year. coordinator. You're not you're not pitching playing for that position coach. You're not playing – you're not pitching playing for Nick Saban. Nick Saban is not going to be the guy that's holding your hand to bring you through the whole thing. They pitched the process, just like Kirby's doing now, of going head-to-head. I mean, think about it. If you're on – if you're a freshman wide receiver now – the guys you're going up against on scout team are two five-star cornerbacks. You got Jaheim Singletary on one side, you know, and um, uh, Julio Humphrey. Yeah, uh, Humphrey's on the other side, and Daylon Everett's, you know, playing there as well. And you're like, man, I got, I, I got to try to beat Taki Smith, you know, as as a star. You know, I'm in the slot. It's it's good on good. So when you see, you know, like Zion Logue out there, he's banged his head against Jamari Sawyer for years, you know. He's gone up against uh, guys like that, you know. Uh, so to, to your, answer your question, no one's saying, oh, he even if he were uh, – okay, what the former coach – Snyder. South Carolina and uh, – Lou Holtz? Yeah, Lou Holtz. Even if you're uh, going Lou, – Lou Holtz isn't much longer for this world, you know. That, that's what people are doing in South Carolina. He's not going to be there very long. Uh even then, it doesn't work because they're like, look, you're coming to play for the school. The position coach is like, come play for me. Look how many we got guys we got in the NFL. And they can just say that he's the coach is the general manager, you know. So they're, they're not able to negative recruit him on age yet. Right. But it's going to take a lot longer. I mean, and he's so intense when you beat him on the recruiting trail. You're like, man, this guy's in full control of his facility, uh, faculties. He's a little intimidating. He's telling me that he can put me in the NFL just like he did these other 30 guys at my position. I'm going to go play for him. So, I got you. And then my next – class last year and would have been number one if uh, Texas A&M hadn't had a, you know, hose pipe full of cash. So. Yeah, right. And my next question, and if you don't if you don't want to answer it, I completely understand. But as a fan of you guys and all and, and your site and everything, and, and don't want to preface this by saying I think Coach Smart is the best thing to happen to us. But I also feel like that he is more tolerant with the national media than he is with you guys. And this is just me from the outside. Not just you, but all of our – I want to say local, but all of our beat media. I feel like – and this is just a fan. And again, Coach Smart, I'm sure you watch this stuff as much as you say you don't because you want to find out what people are saying. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, I, I feel like you guys do a heck, hell of a job and sometimes, sometimes more information comes out on Saturday morning on College Game Day, or on a Paul Feinbaum show. Then, and it's no knock to you guys. I feel like it's more tight lip with you guys. Is that because you have a relationship with these players at such a young age through the recruiting process, and he knows you guys know these guys on a, I want to say personal level. But it's just, and again, hard to nitpick a fifty-five to nothing win. And again, I love Coach Smart. That's something that really just chaps my ass because I feel like you guys – I don't feel like we have any – there's a guy out in L.A., that T.J. Simers that writes for the L.A. Times or whatever that always tries to bust these people, you know, just being a jerk. And I don't feel like there's anybody on the beat that does that. But I also feel like that, man, he just rails y'all all the time. Well, he, he doesn't – He, I know he's not happy when we break a lot of bad news. And we do. We break more news than anybody on the market. And if anybody wants to argue with me, I'm like – I'll show you my list and you show me yours and we'll talk about who broke the most stories. And right. I know that 
upsets him. I get it. He wants to control everything that goes out there. But, you know, when a kid does something wrong and we break, or a kid gets injured, we break that. And he would rather us not break any injury news because he doesn't want the other team to know. But we will dig. Everyone said that A.D. Mitchell would be fine. Kirby said when A.D. Mitchell got hurt, he could have gone back in. We haven't seen him since. It's been, what, six weeks? Right. Today he said Lad McConkey could go back in. Do you think I'm going to believe him? Hell no. I'm going to dig on it. And the day after everybody said that uh, A.D. Mitchell could go back in, we came on the dog vent and said, pump the brakes. There's more to this. We don't know how bad it is, but we don't expect him to play this week. We did that. Nobody else had it. Uh, I'm sure they weren't happy about that. They would like everyone to know that, you know, oh, he's fine. Go, go with what Kirby said. Point being, what happens with TV is because they have the TV rights, they get to go to practice or sit at least sit down with Kirby, yep. Todd Munkin, uh, Glenn Schumann, uh, Will Muschamp for like half an hour to an hour on Thursday and talk to them about each individual guy. And they get stuff. Now it's embargoed. They can't talk about it until the game's in motion, you know. So they'll come on and say, yeah, uh, or, you know, good tackle there by Nazir Stackhouse. On Wednesday, he was in a boot. And people are like, look, I didn't hear about this on uh, 24-7 or uh, UGA Sports or uh, the AJC or, the, you know, whatever. And we're like, okay, well, yeah, we didn't know about it. But they told the TV guys. So it always looks like sometimes he's telling the TV people or the radio people more than us because but here's the thing. We don't own the rights, so there's no contract that says we have to. You know, he's got to sit down with us for an hour and tell us stuff. Now they they don't come out and say, you know, Todd Monk is not going to be okay if we complete a third and thirteen on first down on their side of the ball. We're going to throw this go route, you know, as tendencies and stuff. So even though we dig and we break a lot of news, sometimes they give the TV people tendencies and backstories that we don't get, and that's uh, part of the contract. They have to do that. And that's why, you know, in the summer when they say, hey, uh, every SEC school is getting their share of the TV revenues for $46 million. We can't give them that kind of money, so right. we can get some of that stuff. But still, we did tell everybody that Azir Stackhouse was in a boot in the middle of the week. But, yeah, yeah stuff comes out. Uh, like the Stetson Bennett thing, I think they mentioned that, that he had a sore shoulder uh, last week, you know, that the, the TV guys did. We had seen it the week before that he got banged up and, you know, was a little tight. And we knew that on Monday they kind of held back on him throwing, but they held back on everybody because it was a situation where everybody was banged up. So we didn't know if that was just a special stats thing or just we got so many guys with bruises, we're going to go light this week. You know, yeah. and then, then they mentioned yeah. on the thing, people were like, why didn't you Why didn't you tell us that, you know, he had a slightly bruised shoulder? I'm like, because he didn't miss any practice. Well, y'all do a hell of a job compared to Gary Danielson. I'll say that. And that's probably <laughs> not a compliment, but thanks, John. Uh, thank y'all for having me on. Thank you, See you man. Awesome. Hey, let's bring on uh, Dane and uh, uh, Rimmer Bulldog at the same time. I'll get uh, Dane. Uh, yeah, chat with talk. Rimmer Bulldog first. I'm looking at the stat. Okay, let's get Rimmer because Rimmer was on here the other day and did a great job. Hello, Rimmer. What's up, man? How y'all doing? Man, doing good, doing good. How are you? Doing good. Um, Gives you yeah, thought. great win. Um, yeah. Exactly what I wanted to see. Us execute better on offense, start fast. Yeah. You know, there was a couple times in the red zone we had to kick field goals, but for the most part, I feel like we did what we were supposed to do. I mean, defense, again, shut out. And for the most part, I think our defense has played well all season, 
even in the Missouri game, yeah, we gave up some yards, but we held Missouri to five field goals in that game. So, yeah, I think Carson Beck looked real good. I mean, I was impressed by him. Yeah. Um, Pretty much, I think we played almost flawless. Um, Obviously, Tennessee-Alabama game was crazy. I was flipping back and forth. Um, Obviously, I'm looking to November 5th matchup with Tennessee. (laughs) I mean – Oh, I think everybody is now. I, yeah. I the, We had a question come up, Rimmer, uh, in the chat. You think college game day will be headed to Athens for that one? And I say absolutely 100% yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, Washington, Florida right now, they look below average. So we should beat them by a couple touchdowns yep. minimum. So I don't know who Tennessee plays next week. Or Tennessee's next got – Tennessee's got UT Martin, uh, Rimmer, and then they've got uh, Kentucky after that. And then they, but that Kentucky game's at home for Tennessee. Then they come to Georgia. Okay, I so think they should be undefeated. I think it's huge that we got Tyke Smith and Johnny the Bull are back because we're going to need our nickel cornerbacks in that game against Tennessee. Because I yeah. think I'm pretty confident in Ringo, even though he, you know, struggled a little bit against Missouri, but for the most part, he's been. You know, hasn't given up a touchdown all year. Lasseter, same way. You know, he got beat a couple times, but he's been pretty good. But the nickel cornerbacks with Bullard and Tyke Smith, it's going to be huge against Tennessee's receivers. Because you saw Alabama, what killed him today was their nickel cornerbacks just got torched. They could not stay with Tennessee's um, slot receivers. So I think that's huge for us to get, you know, having Tyke Smith, who can cover, who's played a lot of snaps throughout his career. Obviously, Javon Bullard has played great all season, you know, so that's going to be huge against Tennessee. No, I, I think we didn't even mention him, uh, either one of those guys, Roddy, when we were talking about the secondary. I think that Rumor hit it on the head with that one. That's going to be a huge position uh, that Alabama just didn't seem to have uh, today against Tennessee, where Georgia's got two guys that are really good right there. And I feel really bad about not mentioning them because – the star position for Georgia is so important and what they do. They they had that star out there so often, you know, with the the five cornerback strong against the run, you know, uh, yep. it's huge there. And that's why Javon Bullard and a hey, Tyke Smith got beat out because Javon Bullard was tough, you know, just took on blocks better, was a better tackler. But Tyke Smith has been playing lights out the past few weeks. So, hey, I'm with Rimmer 100% when you look at the fact that uh, you, I, when I was mentioning why I thought Alabama was going to win, I'm like, Anthony Richardson of Florida. This is not, this is probably Florida's worst passing team in a long time. Threw for 450 yards against Tennessee. I'm thinking, what will Bryce Young do to these guys? And, you know, he torched them, but I didn't expect. Alabama to get blown up on those long bombs. I mean, the guy which would say average 29 yards a catch or something. Who's a uh, Tennessee guy? Yeah, he just killed yeah, him. Yeah, Hyatt averaged uh, 35, 34 and a half, and then five <laughs> touchdowns. Five so touchdowns. just, just uh, there's your SEC player of the week on offense. You know, just, there's your national player of the week. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, hey, congrats to him. But point being, it was, yeah. uh, I didn't expect Alabama to look that bad. So I'm, I'm with Rimmer there. The having, uh, two guys you can roll in, and heck, even in dime packages. But if you if they're both playing well, then you're not so worried about the uh, them going fast because you've got a guy who can stop the run and can cover the slot. And I think that's gigantic. And I just don't think that Alabama has a secondary right now. So 
I think they got exposed. Hey, Rimmer, quick question for you. I saw a lot of people that were mad that uh, last week when Alabama dropped, you know, they went down and uh, they were either from two to three or one to three, depending on wherever, you know, was it last week or the week before? Where do they go now? Oh. Uh, sure. In the yeah, uh, in, in, in your rankings, in the Rimmer rankings. Yeah, Rimmer rankings. I love the it. The Rimmer rankings. Where uh, where is Alabama next uh, on Monday? Probably behind Michigan. Because who was yeah. number five last week? Clemson. Yeah, Clemson, and they're they're having a dogfight right now with uh, with FSU. FSU's fourteen. I think Clemson just scores. So it's gonna be 14-14 middle of the second quarter. So I Clemson think Bama, score. I think Bama stays ahead of Clemson because you know they're gonna be like, well. You know, Bryce Young, was he really fully healthy? Even though he looked healthy, but they're going to say that. And it was a shootout. It could have went any, any other way. So, I think Bama probably stays ahead of Clemson, but falls by Michigan. I would go right now, even though I love my dogs, I would have Ohio State number one, Georgia number two, close, yeah. Tennessee number three, Michigan four, and Bama five. That's I think that's how it's going to be next week. I could be wrong. I think I think you're wrong just because I think UGA stays at number one because Ohio State didn't play this week. The rest oh, yeah, of yeah. it I love. The rest of it I love though. The no, rest yeah, of it that, I do love. That was yeah, his rank. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's rumor rankings. Yeah, he said he could be wrong, and I, you know, going up against him. I think I'm with you on everything except uh, I'm going to flip Georgia and Ohio State. But you're right on with uh, putting Ten- putting Tennessee three is people are going to think you're crazy, remember? But I think you're you're spot on when the, when the rankings come out. I think they're going to be three. Hey, they're bowl eligible. And how many this week you're going to hear a lot of national media pick Tennessee to beat Georgia or say they're going to come out of the East. I'm already see, I can already picture it. Yeah, Tennessee beat Bama, so they're probably going to beat Georgia now, even though two different teams and we got a much better defense than Bama does. I mean, I feel like our secondary is way better than Alabama. Our linebackers, I'll take our linebackers over Bama any day of the week, but. It's because they beat Alabama, so the overreaction is going to be Tennessee's going to win the East and make the college football playoffs. So, hey, listen, but I don't care. We see them in a couple weeks, and we'll. See. Good thing that game's at home. I love my dogs, but I'm glad that it's at in Athens instead of in Knoxville. I'm with you 100 there. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the, 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 this place, the place is going to be sideways when uh, Georgia takes field with that game, just like it was in Knoxville. I mean, you got to give credit to the Tennessee fans. That place ah! incredibly loud. So, all right. Hey, Rimmer, we're going to let you go. And we're gonna let you go, Rimmer. Sound like you're getting into something tonight, brother. Just uh, have a good time. It's all right. Good good good. Man. We'll see you. I don't know what Rimmer's getting into. Rimmer's going to have some fun tonight. I could hear it. Yeah, we mentioned our friends at uh, ASW uh, Distillery. We got the Fiddler Bourbon. I got the Georgia Hartwood here. It's fantastic. It, I put it together for my uh, old fashioned, victory old fashioned. Of course, even if they lost, it would still be it'd still be old fashioned sitting here. And uh, let's bring on Dane to talk a little bit about uh, our friends at uh, ASW Dis- uh, Distillers. I've got uh, the same one. Distilled by dogs. I want people to understand that this is actually five of their six founders are Georgia alums. Okay, so these are people who uh, are big Georgia fans or watch this game. But this is the most awarded craft whiskey distillery since 2018 
Uh, it's a prestigious San Francisco World Spirits competition. It's basically like the national championship of the spirits industry. And they won. You see it on your screen there. Look at all these silver and gold medals, you know, for the Tire Fire or the Fiddler, you know, or the Georgia Hartwood. You know, they got the Resurgence Rye. Uh, they got vodkas, you know, they got a ton of stuff. But they also have three tasting rooms in Atlanta. We want you to go try those. Uh, the biggest ones at the Braves Stadium uh, or the, the most, the newest ones at the uh, at the Battery in Atlanta. Try it out when you get a chance. It's fantastic stuff. And we're giving away a bottle each week, okay? So I'm actually looking up right now. Let's see who won this. Uh, While you look that up, let me give people just an idea of kind of how this partnership came to be. Because I was a fan of ASW and Fiddler's products, mainly the bourbon, before we ever had any talks with them about like, hey, you want to join in for what we do. Also, my day job, I work at the University of Georgia and I saw their name pop up in one of the, I think it was Bulldog 100 is like one of the fastest growing companies run by Georgia alumni. And I'm like, ooh, those people kind of sound like our kind of people. So we connected, I reached out to them and they were all about working uh, with UGASports.com and the people that support us. So you should support them. Yeah, Georgia Hartwood, San Francisco 2021 World Spirits Competition Gold for that one right That's there. That's good stuff. Hey, uh, welcome to uh, Alan Rush, Rush, R-U-S-C-H. Alan is the winner of the Bottle of Fiddler. So Heck Alan, yeah. I need you to email me, Roddy, R-A-D-I, at UGASports.com. Send me your address, and we will send it on to our folks at ASW Distillery, and they will. Uh, do a fantastic job of getting it to you. How they get it to you kind of depends on uh, where you live. Can certain localities and places have uh, weird rules about shipping liquor? So, uh, they, you know, if you're nearby, maybe they uh, drive it over to you or ask you to swing by or whatever. But uh, congratulations, Alan. I will, while you guys are told we get uh, Dane's thoughts on the game, I am going to launch the next week's, the, the next uh, uh, giveaway. And I will put the link in the comments section. So while you guys talk about that, I am going to create the next uh, giveaway. So y'all do that. Well, while Roddy's doing that, uh, George on tap last week did not claim his shirt. So I am buying somebody a shirt from the 7-6. It's in the chat, hashtag 7-6. You can uh, enter in and I will buy somebody a free shirt. I forgot to put that in when we were doing that. So hashtag 7-6. Guys, get you entered into the drawing and uh, get your shirt. Dane, what's, what's up, up, man? Hi, how are you? Here's Paul? looking great. Did you uh, you cut that? I did. See, you, look, we 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 vibe now, Paul. It took us a couple years, maybe, but me, yeah. we're on the same page now. Same it, it, page. New Orleans made that happen. I think. Yeah, it did. It did. Maybe, maybe some did. Vegas when you about died. In, in oh yeah, you know, I had to hold on to you there. Had to hold on to you there. Um, much is, like George doing a Tennessee celebration cigar. Is that what that is? I have one every week, man. Yeah, yeah. he has one every week. Yeah. The Vols, right? No, oh, hold on, hold on. Hey, hey uh, this homecoming week, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Chance, I will match that. Whoever wins the shirt will get a second one from uh, Chance. So, guys, get Chase, your entry. Read. It says Chase. It's it's Chance. Just don't worry about it. It says Chase. So either yeah. he's wrong or you're wrong. Yeah, it's it's, it's whatever. You know uh, what? Seven six guys, hashtag seven six. Get it in. We'll we'll draw it up in a little bit. Dane, your thoughts on the uh, on the game, man? Thought it was good to see Georgia's passing game be yep. mostly efficient and solid. I'm sure that's what y'all talked about. 
Uh, I did come up with the stat that I was looking for. It's kind of a funny one for me. You know I have a love affair, affinity. Let's go affinity. I like that better because the other is kind of creepy. Cass Jones is one of my guys. Yeah. Name, look. I mean, I actually think he's a good player, too. I didn't know that until I've seen him play. So Cass Jones scored a touchdown today, which is kind of fun. You think, is, you, think, you think Kirby's mad at that, that he scored at the last second like that? Or is it like he's a walk-on, let him have his time to shine? If Kirby's mad at that, then, man, he's he's down on the list. He, he had just, to find something. I'm curious, you know. Maybe I you mean, want to keep it 49. I don't know. If he's mad at that, then he's probably mad at, like, DJ Shockley for something, just randomly <laughs> for, like, a post-game <laughs> interview question. Um, Cash has as many rushing touchdowns as any Kentucky running back. Period. There is no Kentucky running back that has more than one rushing touchdown this year. Wow. And Cass Jones now has one. Now, Will Levis has two. So, quarterback has two. That's your guy. I know. Again, we're vibing, Paul. So, that's my stat of the night for you. Uh, Just to rave about Cass Jones and how he might be Kentucky's best running back, except he's a walk-on at Georgia. Um, (laughs) The other game I wanted to play with you, and uh, Paul, here's one. Can you name you. the undefeated teams? Because today's been carnage for the undefeated ones. Ooh. So we have, as How far as have? I see, one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I see 10 undefeated teams, some of them in action right now. Would you like to try to run down all 10? Yeah, I think I, 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 think I can do it. Let's do it. All right. You got Georgia. Yep. Ohio State. Clemson. Michigan. James Madison. James Madison lost today. Georgia Southern took him out. You don't go into Paulson Stadium in Statesboro and think it's just going to be okay. Fight Jared Binkos. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm at four. I'm at four. Uh, Oklahoma State. They got beat. TCU came back and took him out. In okay, then, then TCU. TCU. Oh, boy. There's five more. Holy yeah. cow. Um, Roddy. Yeah, I mean, You're missing to, the big one of the day. Come on. Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Stupid me. All right. Yeah. So there's six. Damn. There's four more teams. There's no. Oh, my goodness. I think California. Okay. Yeah. USC. There's. And. There's, and. and? There's another, oh, UCLA. UCLA. Yes. All right. So we're at eight, right? Yeah. I have, think uh, journalism school. Northwestern? No. God, no. God. I was say, no, journalism school, Mizzou, Northwestern, Georgia. I mean, Syracuse. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to go. Uh, You're missing an SEC one. Lane Train, Ole baby. Oh, Miss, Oh, Miss, Oh, Miss, Oh, Miss, Oh, Miss. Lane Train. God, now, here's tough. the thing. I have no idea if Ole Miss is any good. I know that they have momentum and they Trevor have Trevor said laughing my ass off Northwestern. Yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, they beat Nebraska and Ireland and, you know, started yeah. that come apart. That's on me, Trev. That's on me, but, brother. So, to me, Ole Miss started 7-0. and Theoretically, like, would you be surprised if they finished 7-5 and with their leftover opponents? I don't because know. I mean, it's Alabama, Texas A&M. LSU, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. I don't think that'll be seven and five, but I could see anything from twelve and zero to seven and five. Well, here's the crazy part, though: is there's only ten teams left that are undefeated, and we really are just now getting into like the heavy conference play for a lot of these teams. So you're going to see USC play Utah tonight. That could potentially knock USC off. You're seeing uh, Florida State and Clemson right now are tied. 
then you've got the SEC West who are going to run each other through, like you said, Old Miss. Georgia and Tennessee, one of those has got to go. They they have to. Michigan Ohio so, State, obviously. Yeah. So I mean, you're down to maybe five in just two or three weeks' time. Look, if you're an SEC fan, you need to be rooting for Utah tonight. Because if USC beats Utah, it is a little cakewalk up until UCLA and then Which Notre UCLA Dame. is not right. So I agree with you. I think USC would beat UCLA pretty easily. And Ooh, then you're cake. at the end of the season and you're looking at USC and Notre Dame. And I keep telling you, and I say this jokingly because the schedule actually doesn't line up for it, but Notre Dame had that atrocious start. And somehow, some way, Notre Dame's going to be two losses, find its way to 10 and two, and then be ranked fifth heading into the weekend that everyone else is playing <laughs> conference championships. They don't have one. Someone's going to lose that shouldn't. Notre Dame sneaks in and gets blown out by 40 in the first playoff game. We've seen this every year. And, and I'm not saying it's going to happen because they have to play Clemson in a couple of weeks, and I just don't see that going Notre Dame's way. But if they get through that, oh, boy. Clemson-Notre Dame? Yeah. That would be a good one. I know. I'm okay with that. Oh, and um, also, um, I think I'm contractually obligated to not do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because it kind of ruined my year last year. If you're doing Heisman odds right now, and you're wanting to play smart money, and I could be eating these words by the end of the night if Florida State wins this thing. But I think we Ungalalay's the smartest like potential profit right now. No way. All right, I, no I, way. I will get off after this. All right, I think C.J. Stroud is in the driver's seat to win Heisman. Completely One thousand percent. Like, yes. It, I will be. He will almost have to get injured to not win it at this point. That's yes. likely the case. That said, you can't bet him now because you're not going to make any money so sure. if you want to bet 50 bucks maybe you come home with 55 that doesn't do anybody any good so if you're trying to find where the smart money is who's a quarterback from a contending team because that's typically who wins the heisman and you look at it and like well can bryce young get back into this way he just had a loss and he's kind of injured and i mean technically he might get to be a finalist but you rarely find two-time heisman winners it's only happened once and so you start looking down the list and you're like is it Stetson Bennett? He's probably not throwing enough touchdown passes. Is it Michigan's quarterback? Nah, I don't see that. Clemson. Hmm. So if you're looking for a number two contender, they have to keep winning, obviously. But I fell on this trap last year, an and I'm doing it again. So, so you, they got to keep winning, and you need an injury. But, hey, how, <laughs> we made this on the uh, Georgia uh, Watch Along show. Alabama's had injuries. Uh yeah, uh, Tennessee's uh, not Tennessee. Well, Tennessee did have an injury. I mean, this guy's got banged up once or twice. Got uh, Arkansas, you know, Kentucky. It just happens that you know quarterbacks do get banged up. So you could see a situation where, God forbid, Stroud gets hurt or something like that. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Well, who's our guy now?" And they're like, "Oh, well, we're used to voting Clemson QBs in here." So a muscle memory for some of these people. So well, and if, look. Day. I don't want anybody to get hurt. If Stroud were to get hurt, Stetson's right back in the midst of this just because of his story alone. And he's throwing some touchdown passes, and his yardage is good. He just doesn't have touchdown throws right now. So who knows? I don't know. Heaven heaven forbid Hendon Hooker and they they beat up on Georgia. He's got 15 touchdowns and one interception right now, 1,800 yards. So he could be a guy. Uh, Heupel's agent right now has got to be sending us some texts, right? Oh, yeah. Let's move on from that. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm about to pop out of here so y'all can chat with some of the people. Right, we'll see you. Hey, we're going to bring on uh, Jeremy Neighbors. Jeremy's a good uh, fan of the 
a friend of the show. I won't say him as fan because that's assuming something, but we'll have him on. And then we'll have, we got Gregory Jackson uh, on hold there. We'll bring him on in a second. But I do, uh, before we get to you, Jeremy, I want to mention our friends over at the Rogue Shop. Uh, if you get a chance, folks, hit the Rogue Shop. They have the Delta THC gummies, the 50 milligram ones. Uh, please do me a favor and don't eat the whole thing at once. Uh, but the Rogue Shop was basically set up by a former George, uh, former excuse me, a former member of the military. Richard's a good guy. Uh, he also was a heck of an athlete. He got injured and he was looking for pain medication. He was looking for something to help him out when, you know, you get banged up. He tried all the different pain medications and he didn't. They just weren't doing something for him. So he tried a cabinoid, basically a something that will it's an anti-inflammatory. He found uh, THC, he found uh, CBDs, he found all this stuff. And it's like, wow, this works for me. So uh, they have medications, these gummies that will help you sleep. They have ones that will help you if you are, they have the creams and the tinctures and stuff that will help you if you are in pain. So check out the Rogue Shop and get something to help you sleep or help you if you are in pain. If you want something for THC, which is a little more fun, some people use it to help them sleep, some people to help them have a really good time, uh, check out <laughs> the uh, THC gummies, the uh, Delta H. They're fantastic. I do recommend uh, don't take a whole one when you get one. Now, right now I'm showing the, uh, the hard copies or the, uh, the hard candies, but they do have the gummies. So I'll show you the gummies as well. Uh, I recommend for your first one, do the gummies and just bite one, take a quarter of one or a half of one. And again, it's not an immediate thing. Give it some time. See, see how you feel. Do it that way. Uh, you get a, if you use Bulldogs 10, you get uh, 10% off your order. Hit up Rogue Shop, uh, rogueshop.com. See all the fun stuff they have. Heck, they even have uh, uh, lollipops and uh, hot chocolate and hard gummies and the tinctures and the sleep gummies. They're sold out of the sleep gummies. That's one of their hottest sellers. You see it. They can't keep them in stock because it goes so fast. But hit them up when you get a chance. Try out the CBD. They, they, they also have the Delta 9. So they have Delta 8 and Delta 9. Try them out. See what you think. All right, Jeremy, give us your thoughts on the game, your overreaction. Man, I uh, not really an overreaction. I just thought the number one team came out and played like a number one team is supposed to look like or how they're supposed to play in a game like this against an overmatched opponent. Got the shutout that I wanted again because I'm still, you know, I don't, I know Kirby doesn't care, but I'm still a little pissed off that they canceled on that uh, senior day a couple years ago. So I'm still <laughs> – Glad That's a good one. I forgot that. You hold the grudge, man. Man, yeah. I I can't help it. I just that I'm still that 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 took away that senior day for those guys. That really made me upset for them. So I'm glad to continue seeing Georgia just pound it to them. Like, hey, guys, just remember your place, doormats. Also come hand, you know, they come out with their handout for the uh, you know, all the money that they get from being in the SEC. But anyway, uh yeah, my uh I was glad to see Gilbert finally get back on the scoreboard today. Uh, glad to see Cash Jones get him a score. Uh, you know, other than that, it was just – they did what I really wanted to see them do today. You know, play, come out, start fast, be dominant, uh, stay relatively healthy. Hopefully, you know, McConkey's not too banged up. Uh, and then try to get healthy next week before uh, this real – the real season grind begins. You know what's wild is you talked about that uh, Vanderbilt team not playing Georgia. If I remember correctly, Roddy, that if Georgia would have won that game, and I'm pretty sure they would have, that would have been 
the most wins by any senior class. That was the big gripe with that. Was that not? And I'm almost 100% sure I'm correct on that. Kirby Smarts, those would have been seniors. That would have been the most wins by a senior class. And instead, they had to tie for the most wins in a senior class. So it made this win even better for Georgia with them coming back to Athens. Uh, I'm sure there's some guys on that team that, that still remember that heavily uh, because they would have been the most uh, – I think I forgot which team it was. It like that 2020 team, whichever one it was. That was the big thing. So – the doors get back into Athens and uh, had to face Georgia with some wrath. So maybe that's why Kirby wasn't upset when Cash Jones scored that last touchdown <laughs> there. Maybe that's that's why he said, "Hey, hey, go hey ahead Clark Lee, it's not your fault, but we owe these SOBs a, a whooping." Yeah. For they were supposed to come down here, and uh, like, hey, that could have been a black jersey game too. You never know, you know. But and again, it's like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? I'm just why? saying it could have been one of those, you know, and everybody gets all excited. But it was a, yeah, that was, that, that was, that was a, a, I completely forgot about that. And here's the thing that year, Georgia played a bunch of games that people didn't know about with a lot more guys out for COVID than that, that was announced. You know, there's some guys that, uh, like, uh, this guy's not going to be available. This guy's not going to be available, you know, and, Dude, everybody suffered through it, but, you know, you, you played with who you had. And we saw other teams, was it like a Mississippi State or Ole Miss team, they're like, we got 58 players, you know, uh, available. Yeah. And they went out and – or Missouri, I think it was. They didn't have anybody. And they went and played their games, you know, and then Vandy's like, oh, <coughs> we can't make it. Like, well, screw that, you know. So that was that was Malik Herring um, and – I just had his name. Malik Herring and Holyfield and guys like that. Yeah. Ben Cleveland, those guys, they would have had the most wins as UJ seniors or UJ players and Vandy back. I hope they year early, but I was just thinking the guys in that class that could have, yeah. you know, they were like that. Julian Rochester, maybe, but of course, he's still over there. I was going to say, he's still guys, there, isn't he? I just saw this on the ESPN ticker. Not sure if y'all have noted this or anything, but I just saw Georgia's the first FBS team with multiple shutouts this season now that they got their shutout number two today. Huh. I did not know that. I knew that they, they were up there in terms of points scored against them. I did not know that they were the only team that had two shutouts. Hmm. And uh, pretty impressive. You know, I did the average in my head uh, after the game. Uh, I mean, you know, granted, this team's still young, still got a long ways to go, but they're basically averaging – their average score right now is 42-9. to nine. And considering what they've lost, how dinged up they are on offense – and still, you know, you still got Jalen Carr missing. Nine points a game, that ain't too shabby, guys. Yeah, it's not bad. And uh, Minnesota and Illinois played each other today, so they're out of the way. Iowa did not play today, so Georgia is still second. Or Georgia moved from fourth to second in terms of points allowed on the season. And that's only because Iowa did not play today. So... Georgia has played seven games. Iowa's played six. Iowa's given up 59 points. Georgia's given up 64 through seven. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, to, not that I doubted you, Jeremy, but I did check the math on that. It's uh, 9.1, which means, yeah, nine points. So you're back into single digits. And granted, you've played a bunch of garbage teams. But, you know, Sam, Sanford's still winning. Kent State's better than we thought. Uh, you blew up uh, Auburn, but it looked like Auburn was going to get absolutely destroyed by Ole Miss, but they came back and put up points on them. So, uh, heck, even Kent State, it's a good ball club. So, you know, has Oregon lost since they played Georgia? No, not no. – no. no, they that's 
that to me is still uh, outside of Tennessee beating Alabama earlier. That to me has, I think, arguably been the best win of anybody was Georgia's win over Oregon because what they're mm-hmm. ranked eleventh or twelfth now. You know, prior to Tennessee's win this evening. Yeah, so you're basically no, you're giving, you're giving yeah. nine points a game. That's bad acts. Now but we'll say right, that's probably the uh, best. That's probably the best win. Go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry. So, so I will say, man, it's you know, I, I told you a couple weeks back. I'm originally from Tennessee, man. All my family and friends have been texting, celebrating back home, and I'm glad for them. But it, and it's kind of a it's a two edged sword, man. It's a little vexing now because that game on November fifth. You know, first things first, get healthy, deal with those nasty reptiles in Jacksonville. But that game on November fifth, that you know. I can't remember a bigger home game possibly coming to Athens. And the only thing that potentially worries me is, you know, I think that I, I think we're they're going to have to force hooker into turnovers. Cause I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Georgia same, you know, same question as last year. Can Georgia do a shootout with Tennessee? And for me, it's not Stetson. Stetson's not the issue for me, even though I know others, you know, there's still that portion of the fan base that does. It's the receivers that concern me. Were we to get in a situation like that? Well, yeah, but he I, also has to hit him, and he's missed a few. So, but, I'm, I'm with yeah. you there. But uh, you do you do worry about this team in a shutout. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know, Georgia's got that running game they can lean on. You can do what teams have tried to do to Georgia, which is limit their number of possessions, keep the ball in with your offense. You don't have to go out there and chuck it all over the field, ground to pound, and try to make them stop it. You'd want to throw it because there's secondary obviously gives up a ton of passes, you know, and uh, it's, and Todd Munkin, he said, if, if all things are equal, he likes to throw the ball. I get it. But, man, uh, the receivers, we saw those drops. That makes you nervous, and uh, Stetson has been off a little bit. But today, I mean, he almost threw for 300 yards, and it was pretty doggone good. A couple of things there, Jeremy. You get A.D. Mitchell back, hopefully, by then when you play Tennessee. He'll already have a game underneath his belt against Florida. And then also the emergence of Darnell Washington. Uh, you've got Brock already. You know what Brock can do in the passing game. Darnell Darnell Washington. Darian Smith. Yeah, but that's I'm saying like I'm that's what I'm that's hoping. What I'm, I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping Gilbert can kind of get with the program. You know, I get. I don't know all the personal details. What's going on with that young man? But I really hope he can kind of come on and you know get him in there with Washington and Brock, and then like you said, uh, Paul back there with AD. And I think that's that's a that's a hellacious. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on the the number for four, for, not trio, but uh, anyways, uh, that's quad. A, a quad, yeah, to uh, to defend against. But see, that's the thing. Tennessee's got their own little trio that's that's going to be tough to defend against. Just yeah. I'm, it can also be good too for Jalen Carter, hopefully to get back and healthy too, uh, to generate pressure on on a hooker. Yes, one thousand percent. Hey, uh, Marlon Green, my man, appreciate the five dollars. We appreciate, well, we appreciate that. Hey, folks, uh, you can hit the su- the uh, super stickers or the um, – what do you call them? The uh, super chats. Yeah, super chat. Think of it and uh, pop those up. We actually – it's not – I'm not going to go buy another bottle of uh, Fiddler because hopefully they're going to send me another one. But we do use that money. We, it goes straight into our gear. So I bought two new microphones uh, this week. Spent another 500 bucks on microphones so that in these post-game video interviews, our sound can be better when you're trying to – you're in a group setting and everyone's trying to talk to La- uh, Stetson Bender, Lad McConkey, or Jalen Carr, whoever, after the game. 
we're trying to improve our microphone. So every every dime we get on Super Chat, stuff like that goes to gear. I don't pay Paul or anybody like that. Uh, like, and we probably should, but, you know, screw Paul. So we need we need good gear and we spend, we need it costs a lot of money. So we do appreciate it when folks do that. That's why we put it on the screen there. So um which says, uh, what about this, Jeremy? Kentucky zero, Mississippi State. Well, now it's three three going into halftime. Mm-hmm. He says he said maybe Mississippi State can be slowed down. Huh? What about that, Jeremy? Mississippi That's State still scared you or, or what? I might, I might change my whole outlook. Yeah. It makes me feel better because what I was something I was throwing out to a friend earlier today was if you know, you know Georgia takes care of business against Florida, can take care of business. That trip to Starkville also worried me. You know how do you get how do you get up two weeks in a row? You know a big game against Tennessee at home and then go on the road to Starkville. But yeah, Kentucky's showing me. You know this is making me feel better about that trip to Starkville too. Uh, yeah, so, it's you know it's a week to week thing. Who who am I worried most about? You know one week. Yeah. <laughs> Worried about Tennessee all year just because of their offense, but yeah, it's kind of flip flop back and forth uh, now here. But I tell you, we're uh, well, just one last question. I'm going to get off here for the night. Where do y'all uh, do y'all think Tennessee swaps with Bama in the rankings? There shoots up to three. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. This is a, this is the biggest win of the season. Every eyeball was on this game. Every eyeball. They might not jump Michigan though. I mean, Michigan looked good against Penn State. Yeah. So maybe it goes Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee. Probably. I can say yeah. that because Michigan did look at the top 25 now. So I just want to look at it because you get a better feel for it. Because I think Michigan, uh, I mean, and Michigan kicked Penn State's ass. Didn't Michigan get a first place vote too last week, if I'm not mistaken? Not in the AP. So it was okay. Georgia. In the AP, it was Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. Clemson four, Michigan five, Tennessee six. So Tennessee at six beats number three. You could see them swap places, but I could see the way AP voters tend to go is Alabama drops. If Clemson wins, they move up, Michigan moves up, and then Tennessee's five. But having knocked off number three, I could see them jumping Michigan, jumping Clemson. It's just going to be tough because they're – I could definitely see them – Alabama dropping to seven as USC moves up if they beat Utah. But it would not surprise me to see uh, uh, Clemson and Michigan just move up because if they win their games, Michigan will say, look, yeah, Tennessee uh, beat Alabama. Congratulations. But Alabama was not playing like Alabama normally does, and it was a home game. But we beat the brakes off number seven, you know, uh, Penn State, you know, who's number 10. So I can see Michigan jump into three. And Tennessee jumping to four, and maybe Clemson drops to five. Especially if Clemson loses, then it's really easy for them. But they don't like to take they don't like to drop teams that win very often. Although they did drop Alabama when Alabama won from one to three. So who knows? And I, I, I expect Clemson to win, but I mean they're still uh, looks like they're about to go to half here. They're only up three right now. Yeah. Either way, though, uh, I think that the game against Tennessee is a top five matchup in Athens. So wherever Tennessee lands, it's going to be a top five matchup. Um, let's see. Antoine, Mr. Sampson, man, we appreciate the $5, man. We appreciate that sticker. You're good luck, Jeremy. we got two two super oh, stickers yeah. while you're on here. Because <laughs> they, they, they think they're giving it to him for his baby. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I had to. I had to put him down. He was getting to. Uh, he was. He was. He's had a long day with dad watching football. I had to get him down. But uh, real quick, Roddy, you asked me if I was a fan of the show. Of course, I'm a fan of the show. Love this. Love you. But I'll tell you what I did. I, uh, I'll go back because y'all upload the audio to the podcast. I should yep. go back with my job. I get up at like three in the morning, headed in all over. Depending on where I got to go in Houston, and I'll I'll listen to the show all over again. Just driving in Monday morning on into my work day. So. Anyways, guys, man, y'all uh, y'all take it easy and uh, look forward to catching y'all in the next game, hopefully after a, a, a beat down in Jacksonville over those nasty little reptiles. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. I, I cannot All imagine right. being up at 3 o'clock in the morning. No, well, yeah. I mean, I'm still I, up. I'm still up. That's what I'm saying. See, yeah. so people say, hey, I got up at 3. I'm like, I got up at 3. In the morning? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Now, I know at 3 at night. I don't know what three in the. I don't know it coming the other way. I yeah. never understood that. I've gone the other way. Manidal, Manidal, yeah. LSU has beaten Florida bad. 35-21, 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. Holy cow! Oh, I really want to watch that. Man, I don't want Miss- to watch Florida lose, but I kind of watch. And then like, Mississippi watch State, lose. like I said, Mississippi State and Kentucky just in a real barn burner. Three three at halftime. Just yeah, <laughs> watch out. See, this is my fault, folks, and I apologize because I wrote in our three-two-one uh, column that Tennessee was going to give up a ton of yards to Alabama through the air. Alabama would win, and I'm really worried about Mississippi State. And what happens? Tennessee wins, and Mississippi State has scored three points against Kentucky. I don't know. So I, maybe I'm wrong. But you never – the transitive property doesn't work. So just because yeah. – uh, you scored a ton of points against one team doesn't mean you'll do the same against the, the next week. So, also um, USC twenty-one to seven right now over Utah in Utah. So USC, like Dan was saying, that's a that's, that's an muscle easy memory too. People vote them up. You know, like I'm yeah. used to voting. You know, some of these older guys have been around. They're like, I'm used to voting for USC and Notre Dame and Clemson. So all of a sudden, and Michigan. So even though Tennessee gets this big win, they're like, well, Tennessee hasn't been good for 16 years So since Phil Fulmer left. So Tennessee may not get the love that they deserve for being where they are or the fact that Alabama shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. But, hey, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Tennessee. I was wrong. I was wrong. But Alabama did everything possible to lose that game and still scored 49 points. Missed, you know, missed the winning kick. So I'm not saying I'm not a believer in Tennessee. I was wrong. They did much better than I expected them to. But you can't expect to score 52 points on Georgia and have Georgia commit 17 penalties at home. I just don't see it happening. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Eddie made a, a great point earlier. He said Alabama should probably have three losses right now. Texas game, and then uh, oh, what game? A and M. Yeah, a and thank you. That, uh, that uh, non-pass interference call. Correct. And I did say, uh, I want credit for this one, though. I did say in the uh, write-up, a lot of that game would depend on how the referees called it. Yeah. And normally, Alabama gets away with murder. Let's call it what it is. They do. You, The champ gets the benefit of the calls, you know, and that's, you know, Nick Saban is a champ, and they don't want Nick Saban yelling at them, so they get a lot of calls go their way, and not not this time. I, I, I bring up Amari Carmichael's post about poor Florida because you can tell that he's just crying. He's so he's so mm-hmm. distraught, you know. 
Oh, is uh, that a home game in Florida that's losing? Yeah. Yeah, it's a home game for Florida. Indy right. Clip, who was uh, the first – Indy Clip was the first comment on the video when we got up. He said, game day coming to Athens, right? I'm assuming you're talking about against Tennessee. I'm looking at this week uh, just to give us an idea here. You've got Alabama LSU. It's at LSU. That's not going to be a bigger pull than Georgia, Tennessee. Would love to. You would love to get on campus to Athens after they won the national title. So I'm assuming they would love to come to Athens for at least one game. Uh, and I can tell you this uh, from inside baseball stuff, they love coming to this town. Let's see, Kansas State and Texas. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame. It's at Notre Dame. That might be the oh, only one. But, but that's tough. That's tough because NBC. Like going there too. Yeah, NBC likes, but NBC has access to that game. I don't know. That's the only one that's going to hold you up, but I don't think. I don't think. Clemson at Notre Dame. If Notre Dame continues to win, though, uh, that's tough. Tennessee being in the top five, coming to number one, Georgia. You haven't been to Georgia since they won the national championship. I think definitely I'm putting money on it right now. Put my nickel down indie clip. I think game day will be in Athens that week. Um, I mean, Notre Dame, are they even ranked? Not right now. Not right now, but they will be. They're three and two. They're just going to continue to climb back out of that nah, hole. And there's not a chance. If they've already got two losses, screw them. Because you're going to get a, a Tennessee, an undefeated Tennessee, and an undefeated Georgia. That's what I'm saying. Again, if Georgia loses Florida, which stupider stuff has happened in that stadium, I'm never, I'm never guaranteeing that win. But uh, man, that would, uh, yeah, they're, they're going. That'll be a Georgia Tennessee game day wildness. Do they go to? Uh, does game day go to Jacksonville? I think they have in the past. I'm pretty sure they set up once outside the stadium. I'm sure some of our readers probably went over to that. Hey, uh, if you're watching the chat, uh, let us know. Has Have you ever seen game day in uh, Jacksonville? I'm, I'm trying. I vaguely remember. Pretty sure they did. Yeah, I vaguely remember. Yeah, any clips that they have. Yeah, I was going to say, I vaguely remember they did it once. Um, I'm trying to remember, but I just remember it wasn't the, the, I'm trying to remember where they set up the stage. I don't remember that. Because it's uh, was that the landing? No, no, because they want to be right by the stadium and get everybody to come screaming through there. So, so Miss Mary says uh, they were there the year she the year she was there. Uh, Chase Chase says uh, 2002, the night game in 2002. I thought there was one more recently than that though. I do too. I feel like I, uh, I don't know. I get Chase Scrub. Chase remembers, but 2002. <laughs> I was there, trust me, but I can't remember stuff like this. I can't remember what I did for lunch. Guys, don't forget to put in hashtag 76, the number 76. I'm buying you a free shirt from the 76, and uh, Chase is matching it too. Getting two free shirts, guys. I've got 16 entries right here. I need more entries than this. I'm telling you right now, I need more entries than this. Dude, you got a one in eight chance of winning. Yeah, I need more entries than this. More entries. Hashtag seven, six, the number seven and six. Uh, I need more entries before I buy you a free shirt. <laughs> the 2002 gave me PT PTSD. Uh, let's see. Chase says my first trip there, I was 17. I could never forget the things I saw that weekend. Dude, that is a coming of age. If you go down there at 17, you see some stuff. Indie you know, says probably- adults are adults are, and yeah, they don't make mistakes, but you see a guy, uh, 
hung over a rail and there's a big puddle of puke underneath him and everybody's just walking past him because it's just like, okay, he's done. You know, that's. Indy clip says 2012. And I think they were down there in 2012. Cause I went to that game. I was a student. Uh, I saw some stuff down there. I've told you about the story where the guy got hit by the SUV, right? I don't no? know. Was I driving? No, 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 no. You no, no. I was a, uh, I was a student and we went down there. We were leaving the stadium. It was a Georgia or a Florida fan in jorts. And he was drunk, all piss, walks right into the middle of the road. Black SUV hits him. Boom. He falls over right in front of us. SUV sits there for a second, doesn't get out of the car, anything like that. Goes around him. Buddy gets up like nothing happened. Yells, go Gators, and runs to the other side of the... I, I kid you not, I've got two of my best friends that were standing with me watching it. Runs the other side of the road like nothing happened. Like he didn't just get hit by a car going 20 miles an hour. Craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. There's the hashtags. We need them. Oh, yeah, those entries are getting there now. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville is a crazy place. I'm taking the wife this year, Roddy. First ever Georgia game. Taking the wife. I'll be there. I'm going down. I have to do a speaking engagement that week. And I, I do enjoy going down there for the game in Jacksonville. I know a lot of people don't, you know, want – Kirby says he wants it gone, so a lot of people want it gone. But I'm like, they're, the money people like it there because they have houses, you know, on Amelia Island and stuff like that, and they have houses all down there. They get together. That's their tradition is to go down there for that game. And I get, you know, every other year you want that recruiting weekend. But I'm like – some traditions are really strong, and the fan base really likes them, so I can kind of see it. So, record, record says 2018, guy. and Holyfield was the guest picker. So, there you go. They've been down there quite a bit then. Yeah. My brain's going away from me, Roddy, slowly but surely. Well, that's because you smoke too much. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> uh, use hashtag 7-6, guys. Like I said, get it in. Uh, we're getting the entries up now. If you're just joining us, uh, shout out to uh, the 76 Apparel Company for giving away a shirt. Uh, Paul's giving away a shirt as well. The way you join the in, the the way you get your entry in is to in the comment section post hashtag 76. So if you're wondering why is everyone doing that, you know, it's like, is it, are we putting up prayers for number 76? No, it's just, it's just that's how you get in there. So I saw some uh, other names out there. So you can get a shirt like this right before the uh, Georgia Florida weekend. Eat more gator. So, Roddy, what else? Uh, for, I mean, I, I want to point out Dejan Edwards was Georgia's leading rusher again. Was he? Yeah. Another TD. McIntosh looked phenomenal today running the ball, I thought, you know, and uh, catching it. So, uh, he had uh, – Kenny Mack had nine carries, 43 yards. It's 4.8 a pop. Uh, Dejan Edwards, 4.9 a pop. But then receiving, you know, you got to – Kenny McIntosh with two catches for uh, uh, 22 yards. So, uh, for, excuse me, for 20 yards. So, if you want to look at something and, and overreact to it, if you take that Cash Jones run out, because I was looking at the stats before uh, fourth mm -hmm. quarter started. So, before any of that trash time, I think Georgia was averaging 3.3 yards a carry. So, that's not like Georgia. But yeah. Kirby also said, uh, I think it was last week. You know, it's a four-quarter game, and you wear those guys down at the end of the game. The stats, those stats still matter. So Georgia finished the whole team as a collect, uh, rushing 5.1 average per carry, just right where you want to be. Yeah, so, but let's look at what uh, Vanderbilt was doing. 
Okay, they were playing their safeties up a line and bringing their cornerback on uh, run yeah. plays. You know, they're just they're they were selling out to stop the run. So what did Georgia do? They threw for what three hundred eighty-seven yards. Mm-hmm. You know, so remember, people were talking about we've gone three weeks without a passing touchdown. Okay, well you had four today. You know, and uh, you threw for almost four hundred yards passing. And what about what about Beck? We haven't really touched on Beck. We need to talk about Beck because I thought this is probably the best I've seen Carson Beck look. You know, eight of 11, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and granted, then, you know, you're not going up against Bandy's best at that point, and you know they you've broken them, but still against air, that's good. You know, against a, a team with a pulse, I'll take eight of 11 for 100 yards and two touchdowns, two great drives. He looks sharp, got a cannon of an arm, and again. That gives him that confidence so that, you know, to bring him in when you need him. And we just went early in the show. We talked about how all these different SEC teams have had quarterback issues where guys have gotten hurt. You have a running quarterback in Stetson Bennett. He got tagged a couple times today. Well, hell yeah. He's got a sore shoulder. You know, um, uh, he was running for his life a few times. You know, he got sacked and rolled up. Uh, So you want to have somebody who's ready to step in. And games like today – you didn't have this in some of your other games where you, you know, you had to play your uh, starters like against Missouri the whole time. Um, this is what you need. This is, this is how you prepare for the rest of the season. You know, just in case, let's say just it gets a twinge or something. You can run Carson Beck out there and be ready. I thought he played great. What's up with those two sacks uh, by Stetson? They look offensive line to me looked fine. It looked like he just kind of held on to the ball too long, and it was on the same drive, I want to say. They, they brought too many guys. Yeah. You know, they they I, ran that uh, – Georgia runs it called – I think they call it like cross dog, where they send in the uh, both guys and uh, both middle linebackers on both A-gaps. Yeah. And yet Dejan Edwards is supposed to pick up – or one was a straight blitz. Dejan picked up the wrong guy. He was blocking the guy that Cedric Van Pran was blocking. So it's like, look, if the center has that guy, you got to pick up somebody else. You're, you're not here to double team, and he just didn't see him. And – uh Stats just got killed. But another time they brought both inside linebackers. Again, uh, you have to gamble when you are the team that's completely outmatched. So they bring in a, a bunch of heat and they take away the run or they try to affect the quarterback. There's another blitz where uh, the, the corner came in and Stetson's uh, threw it to Dylan Bell. Bell catches it, makes a first down because it was the hot route. You know, it's like, okay, that's the guy. The guy that should be over him is coming in, so you throw it to him and you get that quick uh, quick uh, points there. But the bigger question, though, is how many sacks did Georgia have? That's a good question. Hold on. Let's see. One. You had one by uh, Nolan Smith. Yeah. One sack, and then in terms of quarterback hurries, they have zero listed here. See, I don't know about that because they they affected the quarterback a good bit, you know. I'm just but, telling you, I'm, don't shoot the messenger now. No, I'm just saying I, I don't know what what their quarterback hurry stat. I mean, that to me, that's a judgment call, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, four tackles for loss, which is good. Uh, but yeah, you're not just not getting sacks, and I thought that they would bring some heat, which they did occasionally. But every team has seen that. Look, we, you don't want to sit there and try to. Uh, wait for our wide receivers to get open, sit in the pocket and, you know, try to pick this team apart. A lot of the teams are doing it. Catch, throw, catch, throw. You know, we, we don't, you don't want to let these, this uh, Georgia defense tee off on you. So, yeah. And again, uh, Alex, go, ahead. go ahead. 
I was just going to say, Alex says it's invaluable that uh, we've played many of our three and four deep in multiple games. You're right, because those uh, quarterback hurries, I think Nyland Green should be credited with one because he came off the edge right there and almost decapitated Mike Wright if he didn't throw that football. Yeah. So Nyland Green, that should be a quarterback hurry. I don't know why they don't count that. I guess because it wasn't, I don't know, he, it was an incomplete pass. But Nyland Green looked good. So you're getting to see more guys you know, make plays that – if you were to have a Keely Ringo go down or somebody like that, you, you have guys that can go to Dalen Everett. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you I go like what I saw from uh, on the other side, uh, Denial on Morissette. Yeah. What do you have? Two, two catches? Uh, old Morissette had a two for 12. Yeah, but he looked he looked good in both of his catches, though. Yeah. I think he got, he got extra yards both times. And for folks that uh, weren't with us to begin with, I think to me, the my first play of the game was Don Blaylock getting his first touchdown catch this 2019. Yeah. But then you see that one-handed catch by Darnell Washington. Like, holy mm. crap, that, that's, that's amazing. And then he had the catch on the sideline. And then my play of the, the play of the game was to see Arik Gilbert, who's gone through this kind of personal hell. He gets a catch finally. I'm like, yeah. Then he gets a touchdown catch. That's even better. You know, then Cash Jones has a 36-yard touchdown run. You know, well, I think it was on third down. Yeah, uh, and then Dylan Bell had his first uh, touchdown second. as well. Second. I think he had one last week. Somebody mentioned that in the comment section there. I need to go whoa, back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me take a look at that. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys getting their first touchdowns of the year. Cass Jones, Gilbert, and Washington. 78 yards, man. Sorry, I think Amari's right. Uh, how many times have Georgia, has Georgia sent a blitz? I write about this each week that they're going to try to affect, like, affect a young quarterback, but – my guy's getting rid of it that fast. Maybe you need to keep those guys back there in the secondary, especially with, uh, you know, you got uh, Kamari Lasser, this first year starting. You've got uh, Malachi yeah. Starks, his first year. Uh, he's a true freshman. Uh, maybe you're just not ready to send the corner blitz as much as they, they did last year. Maybe those guys just can't do it. Maybe, you know, we are, if a guy vacates a space, somebody has to pick up that spot, right? They have to pick up that man, pick up that area. Yep. And maybe they just don't feel comfortable with it. But sometimes you can run twists and stunts, and I just haven't seen as many of those. How many times do you see uh, Dumas Johnson coming through? He kind of needs to stay back there and, you know, yeah, yeah. play develop. Whereas last year you could send to Kobe all the time because when he took off and you had Quay Walker there, you felt good about it. Uh, yeah. If you sent Quay Walker and, you know, you left uh, Channing Tindall there, you felt good about it. Right mm -hmm. now I don't know if they want to send uh, – Dumas Johnson and leave Rion Davis sitting there. Maybe Small Munden was there. Yeah. Sing, you know, shoot through that A gap. So where's your blitz coming from? Who's the extra guy? And right now, do you send Keely Ringo no. against uh, who? Uh, who's fourteen for the? That guy was open or catching passes all day. For uh, Vanderbilt. For Vanderbilt, yeah. Let's see. Uh, w. Shepard. Will Shepard. Yeah. Will Shepard. Three for forty-five. Hey, he was targeted. Huh? He was targeted 17 times. And he had a drop, but yeah, he was there. He was their leading receiver. Seven times, yeah. So they threw to him seven times, and he had that yeah. drop that would have could have been a touchdown. So Shepard was, yeah, I mean, 45 yards, 19 yards after the catch. That was a. So do you take uh, Keely uh, Keely Ringo off him, and then uh, have somebody? You know, who do you roll up to cover him? So. Alex uh, Mitchum says, my wife's overreaction take was that they didn't give the homecoming king and queen more time. They were like, congrats, now get the <laughs> hell off. I didn't even 
Did they? I don't know. I don't remember. Hey, Alex, games. were you guys at the game? Because I don't remember seeing them on the screen. Was I say. wasn't paying attention during halftime. I was watching. I was watching the Alabama game. Yeah, I was too. Must have been at the game, but I don't remember when I was in school. Roddy, did I guess they did that? I probably didn't pay. I was probably going to get nachos or something like that, or trying to sneak in a fireball out of my boot or something. Uh, well, see, it depended. When I was working for the UG Athletic Association as a team photographer, I was told to stay on the field, get a picture of the homecoming court, get a picture of the winner. You know? I didn't even know that that was a thing. Yeah. So I knew it was homecoming, but how do you – yeah. Oh, he says it's a, it's a Greek thing. Okay, I was going to say, how do you get nominated for the homecoming court at Georgia? I'm assuming maybe each fraternity and sorority promotes one, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Don't they have like a, a – I thought the Greeks had their own thing. Uh, Alex oh. Alex says uh, – I thought you there. could represent any uh, organization on campus. They could nominate somebody. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Cat Who says organizations nominate. I uh, see. Thanks, Cat. Hey, I was right for once. Not just Greek. I had. I have no idea. So, but I'm guaranteeing you, though you can get a lot of Greeks if uh, so. You got a tri delt and she's in it, you know. And they're like, okay, we want all the tri delts to reach out to all your friends, and we're all going to vote for this person, you know. So, versus the uh, student union or. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I bet the Baptist student union could rig the vote with enough folks there, you know, or the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. They could do it, you know. Maybe rec sports gets all the people involved in rec sports to vote. So I can just see where if you're telling everybody to vote a certain way, you could you could win it. So here I, f- I found it. Hold on, I'm going to put it up just to just to show them off because, uh, you know who, who knows <laughs> block voting. I don't want to talk politics, man, because that's going to get us involved in. Uh, Congrats to the king and queen candidates of the UGA homecoming court: Antavius McCardin, Bryson Henriot, Connor Lamb. Hey, wait, is that, is that Connor Lamb? What? He's representing you, University Judiciary. Oh wow! Uh, Raimundo Moncayo. That's oh, a name. One. Go back. Oh, my bad. Obamid Samai, uh, representing the new student orientation, uh, Hispanic student orientation for Raimundo. Mit- How do you say his name? Middleton? Yeah, Middleton Parker, man. Come on. College of Engineering. Uh, College of Engineering, Madison Polk, uh, Student Alumni Council. Why are you not saying these? Why am I having to do this? I don't know. Elisa Fontanellis. Thank you. Hispanic Student Association and Claire Myers, Arch Society. Oh, you take the easy one. And Calvin Rausch, uh, the William Tate Honor Society. Who won, guys? These kids look a whole lot better than they did when I was in college. (laughs) Who who ended up winning? Who was was there? (laughs) Chip Crook says, oh, geez, homecoming court talk now. No, guys, it was homecoming, guys. We had to shout them out. I didn't even know it was the thing. We're going to talk about that. Will Levis is injured. Oh, no. What happened? I don't know. I'm just going off where the um, Brett says that. Hey, Brett, tell, give some details there. Yeah, and that, that brings up a question. Uh, 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 Antoine's talking about where's Brendan Cox on this Florida team? Uh, let me see. I can find out for you. He's talking a lot on Twitter. I know that. Brendan uh, Cox this year. So Brett says that he's holding his non-throwing shoulder. Now they went to commercial. Mm. Steve's pink shirt. We appreciate Steve's pink shirt. Uh, get it. Amari says he was had a big hit. 
man, Will's just – again, we were just talking about quarterbacks being banged up, you know, and stuff like that going on. Uh, and they had him – they were without him for a while. K.J. Jefferson was out. You know, Bryce Young was out for a while. So, um, this is why you get Carson Beck in there and you get him a lot of throws. It's just uh, – it's – it's hell, I mean, let's look at Kirby Smart. How many years he started with one quarterback and a couple games in he's up with a different quarterback. I mean, uh, Jake Fromm comes in for Eason. You start out with uh, Dwan uh, Matthews and Dwan – can't, can't help you beat uh, Arkansas. I mean, it's you're, – heck, you're supposed to have uh, Jamie Newman start that yep. season. So. Uh, Alex, saw Todd Gurley could have been nicer. Correct, Alex. Uh, Todd Gurley is a good dude. Yeah, I saw Todd, Todd – I saw Todd was at the game. So, uh, Britain this year, 30 did tackles. They, did they do something? I saw uh, Champ Bailey was there too. Did they, did they have an announcer for Champ at the game for being in the uh, Football Hall of Fame? <laughs> where's where's Ben Cox? Yeah. Somewhere behind the plate. Yeah, 30 Damn. tackles for Britain this year, seven tackles for loss in one sack. You know who I'm pumped, Roddy? I am bad. so, I'm so pumped. Yeah, it's not bad. It's actually not bad. You know who I am so pumped to see on this uh, Florida team? You're not going to believe it when I show you this guy. You've probably seen him already, though, I would think. Where is he? The 400-pound. Robbie, i got to answer for you. How are you going to stop Hooker? A sniper would be the best thing. Jeez, Roddy. Holy cow. I'm talking about on a football field. You know, you can call the the you know, the spy. You can call him the sniper. Dear God. This guy, man. Desmond Watson. If you haven't seen him, it tur- watch the Florida game. This guy's six foot five, listed at 415 pounds, Roddy. He is a massive human being, Desmond Watson. He's number 21, guys. Uh, I, I want to see him go up against Georgia's offensive line. This guy is huge. And it's not like he's just in there. I mean, he gets some stats, too. Let's see here. This year, he's got eight tackles, one tackle for loss. Not bad. Not bad for a guy that's 415 pounds. Omari said, that is my guy. Hell, yeah. Dude's a yeah Omari was talking about him earlier in the show. Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, 450 listed at 415 pounds. I don't know if I believe it, but uh, he's he's pretty big, Roddy. Yeah, um, well, okay. I'm I'm thinking if he gets a hold of Dejon Edwards, he might plant him in the dirt, but he's got to catch Dejon first, right? So come on, big boy. Yeah, let's see if you let's see if you can get to him. But hey, props to him though. 415 pounds playing SEC football. It's not bad. Do you get drafted? You think you get drafted at 415 pounds? No. <laughs> just, 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 no, just, no. What is the entire NFL now is predicated on speed. Yep. No, so that's uh, and people are like, well, you'll put so much into the combine forty days. It's not, you know, you don't run forties in football because it's a speed test. Yep. The guys that are fast win in that league. It's it's the fastest thing on grass that you've ever seen. So. I know you think about those big behemoths out there cracking each other's skulls in the trenches, but the skill guys and you don't understand how fast those big men are. And if you got a guy who's uh, lumbers around, I mean, if, if 400, those guys could be 400 pounds if they wanted to be, they got personal trainers could get them up there. They could put on that weight and say, look, try to move me. But I mean, who's the last guy that was big like that? Will Fork? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think he was like 380. You know, this, and he was—he's one of the strongest guys 
out there. You know, you threw guys around, but I mean, you don't see a bunch of uh, Will Forks out there anymore. It just this, can't do it. This Desmond Watson kid at, at Florida, he came in as a freshman 6'5", 400. They actually bulked him up 6'5", 4'15". I'm going to say there's some times that uh, Jordan Davis right? was big. <laughs> I'm going to say he was 400, but he had, had some weight on him. You bulk up a guy, but look at these two pictures. I want to show you real quick. You're telling me right here he's 400 pounds on the left, and then he only goes up 15 pounds. That, I don't, that might not have been because they wanted him to. I'm saying look at the face, though. He added more than 15 pounds. My man's well, like – that, That's a freshman 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's something. That's, something. that's the freshman 15. He came in 400, it's 415. I don't know what your problem is, man. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all they added, right? There's no way that guy. Uh, hey, look, he trust me, 15 that guy, if you do a profile up. photo, it always makes you look fatter. Uh, yeah, you're right. Here, you're right. You know, take a biscuit in, you know, it's hold so on. I try they to be straight on camera, lift my chin up, trying to look as fat as I am. They said his nickname's Mattress. <laughs> I don't know why. Because he puts you to sleep. I guess, or if he falls on you, yeah, you're you're going to sleep. I don't so know. If you smother him with, yeah, he smothers you like a mattress. I don't, to me, if, I don't know how it would work out, but you remember in the uh, Godfather's, they uh, go to the mattresses, you know, yeah, going to war, yeah. I just, I just don't see it. So, forty-two LSU, twenty-one Florida. Oh boy, Florida. What what is? Well, no, Florida's about to score here. Hold on, over under Roddy on Jesus Christ. Unless you couldn't tackle anybody. Let's see here. So you gotta have a you gotta have a penalty on that. The guy dives in the end zone, then spikes the ball. And so Anthony Richardson's nine of fourteen for 133 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions. I would have thought it would be much worse uh than that. Anthony ran 81 yards for TD. Anthony Richardson. I was going to say, he's got seven for 21 right now. So eight for 102 will look a lot better on the stat sheet. Well, remember, this is a guy that threw for 450 yards on Tennessee. So you can see why I'm like, I don't know that Tennessee is as good as everyone thinks they are. Their secondary got torched by this guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, 24 of 44 for 453 yards, two touchdowns, one interception against Tennessee. Mattress, he's big and soft. I like it. Yeah. I guess. Hey, boy. Dude, I, so I'm, I don't always have the game up, and I just happen to look down here on my iPad and see that I was watching that run. You got uh, LSU guys banging into each other. It's like a, it looked if you played that little Keystone Cops uh, thing, you know, or like the yeah. Benny Hill theme song. Yeah. For anybody who's my age and remembers Benny Hill, then that you'd see that. That's what it looked like. You know, that was terrible. Florida come back in this game or no? It's 42-28. Any chance? Uh, We're going to be off air by the time it ends, so any any chance? So can uh, Florida score two touchdowns to keep LSU from scoring, but at least tie it? I don't see it happening. uh, You're going to give up 81-yard touchdowns. I mean, Clemson's – looks like Clemson's run away. 31-14 starting the third quarter against FSU. Hmm. Ten minutes left in the third quarter. Mississippi State three with the ball against Kentucky six. That's a uh, barn burner, like I said. USC twenty-eight to Utah's fourteen. About to go into halftime. 
Hey, want to give away this shirt, Roddy? We've got a bunch of entries. Yeah, do that. Let me give this shirt away. All right, guys. Last chance. Last chance. Has, hashtag 7-6. The number 7-6. Give you 30 seconds. 30 seconds to get it in. Uh, and I'm going to pull this. And after after you uh, put in your hashtag, hit the like button. That would, yes. that would mean a lot to us. Yes. Uh, Brent Rollins pointed out that the UGA quarterbacks combined for 32 completions on 41 pass attempts for 387 yards and four touchdowns. 11 different players with at least two receptions. So you mentioned 11 guys catching it. I didn't realize sometimes it's just like, you know, a guy gets like a, a one catch, you know, but yeah. somebody else had seven. Yeah. 11 different guys with two receptions is freakish. And twin, uh, eight different players with at least 20 yards receiving. Remember, we're talking about where's George's passing game. We spent the first three games wondering where George's rushing game was. Why can't George run the ball? You know, George's throwing it all over the place. Then they started running it, and your quarterback didn't have a passing uh, touchdown. It was like, Where's George's uh, passing game? Well, it's back in spades today. So uh, eight different players with at least 20 yards rushing. We, we, we're talking about uh, Tennessee with that powerful offense. You also have a pretty good offense in Athens right now, you know, getting it to yeah. everybody. Darnell Washington's making crazy plays, and if you don't want to throw to Darnell, you can throw to Brock Bowers. And if you get A.D. Mitchell back and uh, if Ladd McConkey's okay, that's pretty good too, so – all right, guys, you ready? 35 entries. We're going to draw this thing up. This is for a free 7-6 T-shirt. I'm going to buy it for you, and Chance is also uh, going to – so you're getting two. Two for free right here. Two for free. Good luck, guys. Let's see. Come on. Go ahead, Roddy. I, don't, I have no chance of saying this name right. Uh, Chad wants. Chad Donnerschwanz. Yeah. Chad, you got to message me on. Uh... <laughs> what the hell avatar is that? Uh, it's like a, uh, it's like a Pepe frog on the moon with a guy that's got a six pack. So, uh, I mean, you got my body on there, which is kind of rude, you know, but yeah. uh, why well, you put the frog on in my head? I mean, that just hurts my feeling. Hey, Chad, you got to message me on Twitter. Message me on Twitter. And uh, I will get your address. You tell me which two shirts you want from 7-6. And uh, Chance and I will get those to you. Again, and what is your Twitter handle? And my Twitter is right there underneath my name, at P. Meharry. At P. Meharry. M-A-H-A-R-R-Y. So, guys, we will do this again uh, at some point. I'm not going to keep throwing away my hard-earned dollars here, but uh, I will give you a shirt. So, Chad, you got to message me on, on Twitter, though. So it's right there underneath my name at P Meharry. You see it uh, right there. So, congratulations, my friend. If I, if I butchered your name, I, I really apologize. But, it says uh, he says, "Let's go." Any clip thinks it's a bot. I don't think so. I don't know. I think he's real. I think he's real. So you got to message me, man. Which two shirts you want? Good deal, bro. Good hey, let's deal. run over the injury updates real quick. Yeah, what you got? Anthony Dasher has put up his news and notes on the uh, board. So as a wide receiver, Lad McConkey left the game late in the third quarter after what appeared to be a hit to his ankle. I don't think it was a hit. I just think it was the way he landed. Uh, it was an 18-yard catch. Uh, the injury, at least initially, does not appear to be serious. Of course, that's also what we said about A.D. Mitchell. Uh, Kirby said, Lad's fine. He could have go. He could have gone back in. We taped his ankle up. Uh, I thought it was worse than when it actually happened. He came back and said he could go. 
that sounds great because you need Ladd McConkey. Isn't that the same exact thing you said about AD? Like almost yes. word so, word word. I'm, I'm not trying to call Kirby a liar, but he said the same thing about AD Mitchell. Oh, he could go back in, and we haven't seen him in five weeks. So, but he said they could have gone. But at least this time, he said that. Uh, I thought it was worse than it was. He taped it back up, and he came back and said he could go. But, of course, Lad McConkie would probably try to go out there if his foot had been cut off. So, um, yeah. sometimes when you have all that adrenaline pumping, uh, you think you're ready to go, but then the next day or two, it's uh, we find out that things are worse than you thought. It swells up or something like that. But uh, we will keep an eye on that and see how it goes. The good news is he's got two weeks before he's needed. Uh, Xavier Trust walked off the field early in the fourth quarter, did not return. The Warren Erickson replaced him. Kirby Smart said that Trust is fine. Quote, quote fine. No, I, do believe did not. Hmm? I do believe him on that because uh, it didn't look that bad, and Kirby kind of shook his hand like, hey, you're coming out. You're good for the day. Yeah. I do believe him on that one. Uh, Small Munden uh, dressed out but, but did not play. I told folks he wasn't going to. Um, Kirby said, you know, uh, it's one of those deals that we continue to treat him and get him better, but if he can't go, then it's next man up. So, uh, Jalen Carter did dress out. That was good. Wide receiver uh, A.D. Mitchell dressed out but did not play, and running running back Kendall Melton did not dress out. Uh, Kendall Melton still has that groin issue. So, uh, again, what you wanted to come out of this game was with no injuries, do what you're supposed to do. Uh, Eddie and some of the uh, Jeremy neighbors and a bunch of the other guys that joined us uh, – Mentioned that Georgia went out there and did what they were supposed to do. This is Bandy. You shut them out. You scored uh, 56 points. The, the, it was a crazy uh, line, 39 points in the game. You went one and a half times that, so you blew them out. It was strong. And you don't – hopefully you didn't come out with any injuries. Kirby says trust is fine. We'll give him – we'll say okay. He said Lad McConkey's fine. Great. So if you came out of this game with no new injuries and yeah. two weeks to get your guys healthy, and I mentioned this in the 3-2-1, this wide receiver core looks completely different with A.D. Mitchell in there, and the defensive line looks so much better with Jalen Carter in there. So It's not even funny how and, much and again, better. And I guess the team you're supposed to kick, whose ass you're supposed to kick, you did that. So hopefully they get stronger and better going into Florida. Uh, you do what LSU is doing. You beat the brakes off Florida, and then, you know, then you turn around and get ready for uh, Tennessee, Florida, and Mississippi State. I mean, uh, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. And then, of course, you got that uh, resurgent Georgia Tech team to end the season. God, they they hire an AD. His name is Jay Bat. Jay. Jay. Jay Bat. B A T T. And I was like, oh, it must be his short nickname. No, on their official Twitter thing, they said, welcome, Jay Bat. Hey, man, he might have grown up poor. They couldn't afford other letters for his name. <laughs> I've got to look this up. This can't be this man's real ass name. You know, I, I, honestly, I prefer Jay to J-A-Y. Because that just seems pointless. If your name's going to be Jay, it should just be Jay. In all of their press conferences, it says Jay Bat. Just Jay. You know when wow. you're talking about yeah, well, that's Jay. Well, it's like the 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 word Q, like a, a Q at like in a line. Well, how do you spell that? Uh, Q U E. Right. Why do you need the U and the E? Uh, well, I guess his parents said they didn't need the A and the Y uh, <laughs> because it is J. This man's name is J Bat. Uh, yeah. uh, so. Let's bring up an interesting thing. Uh, 
I, I mentioned that they will be looking at Del McGee. And I think if they went to Del McGee and said, hey, you know, we got a job for you, Del would be stupid not to take a head coaching job where they can pay $3 million. This is a guy who's probably making at best a million, you know, in that kind of range. You said it's uh, get three times as much. You get to be a head coach. He could recruit. He could fill up that thing. Uh, I could see them going after Todd Munkin. They're like, Todd, you've already been a head coach. You, you know, you, in other words, people are going to try to pick over uh, the Kirby Smart staff. And if you're Georgia Tech, you're like, man, we're getting our butts kicked by him. But we just need somebody good enough to beat the teams in the ACC. So I would definitely Ooh. see a situation where they're like, look, uh, I mean, you've lost Mel Tucker. You've lost uh, uh, I'm trying to think of it, uh, Sam Pittman, uh, Dan Lanning. You know, I could definitely see them coming after uh, Todd Munkin or Dell McGee saying, look, you know, we need somebody with a, a, a established head coach, one of the hottest offensive coordinators in the country. We'll take that guy or we'll take a guy who we, we don't have talent here. Let's take one of the best recruiters in the nation. You know, a, uh, a guy who knows the Atlanta market, who knows the state, who will recruit to the state. Um, I could definitely see them coming after him. But I think this is Brent Key's job to lose because he's got, yeah. what, five more games. Um, he he was with Jay Bat at Alabama. They know each other. And if all of a sudden he wins them some games, the, the next two games are against terrible opponents in the ACC. So they might win. They could be up to four wins. You know, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, can we get bowl eligible? Because they have a win prior to that. So yeah. it's uh, it's definitely possible. Chuck Ward says O'Brien. Yeah, I could see that too. Bill O'Brien coming from Alabama with J-Bat to Georgia Tech. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that Bill wants, wants that headache, though. I mean, if, you're, um, if, you can, if you're winning at uh, – I mean, think about it. This was the former NFL head coach. You're at Alabama in the redemption series, you know, yeah, everybody gets coordinator. Saban. Yeah, then you get a much bigger job than Georgia Tech. Yeah, I was just I, I was running through that in my head, and yeah, the 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 job would be much bigger than you would hope, right? Yeah, <laughs> would hope than Georgia Tech. Uh, Chip Crook says, uh, "Are we overreacting next week during the bye? Maybe critique other teams." I don't know, Roddy. What what are we doing over the bye? I will probably be doing something with the family. Yeah. Normally we try to take bye weeks and and hang out with our wives because they don't really see us on the weekends. Um, yeah, so. I, I came. I left Coach Jones' house, came here, said to my wife. She's like, "It's a good game." I'm like, "Yes, it was, honey." She's like, "Do you do anything?" I'm like, "No." And now I do uh, two two and a half hours on the uh, watch along show. So I didn't. I left the house at uh, two o'clock, and it'll be ten o'clock before we're off here. Uh, someone asked me what I was smoking. Uh, Cohiba. Cohiba. Uh, and once we, once we leave, I can light it. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to roll out, Roddy. What about you, my friend? Uh, I think that, I think we've touched on everything. I can't think of anything else we, can, we need to comment on. I think we have two. George, oh, you need to give away another shirt? Uh, no, he's getting two. Ch- uh, Chance is sending two shirts to that guy. I thought you were going to have two winners. No, no, no. Chance is sending two shirts to him. He's already messaged mm-hmm. me on Twitter, so he is not a bot. Not a bot. <laughs> he's real. He's real. Uh, he's already messaged me and uh, told him he could pick out two shirts. So, uh, guys, we'll do we'll do another giveaway. Uh, maybe, maybe not the Florida game because I'm going to the Florida game. I will be live though on the show, so I will have my seven six attire on. Going to the Florida game, taking the wife to the Florida game. Uh, maybe we do. I'll do another giveaway. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee. We'll do another giveaway. So, hey, I want to shout out Robbie Dodson for being on there. Uh, Chuck yep. Ward, of course. Uh, uh, Marie, just me. 
Miss Mary Embroidery. Steve's Pink uh, Shirt. Man, Brett, as always, Chad, Indie Clip, Hamwich. Ashley. Uh, Mr. Sampson, Miss Mary Embroidery, like I said. Uh, goodness. Antoine for his super chat. We appreciate yep. that. Yep. I'm just trying to go back through here and see. Alex and Mitchell. Marlon for his. Marlon, of course, Marlon. Uh, guys, Brown. we wouldn't be able to do this show without you guys commenting and you know keeping the show moving for us and everything like that. We appreciate it so much. One of the biggest things you can do to help us out if you love the show, uh, is just hit the like button, share it with your friend, share it with a friend, copy the link, hit it up into your group chat, say, man, these guys are pretty funny, uh, which we're not, but you can lie to them. That'll get <laughs> you them can lie. Yes. That'll, we we that'll, endorse that'll, lying. Yes. Yes. That'll at least get them uh, to come watch us. And that helps. Also, uh, guys, download the podcast if you missed it. We put it up. So I put it up tonight. It'll be ready to go uh, probably in 30 minutes or so. But uh, go ahead and download the podcast, too. And you can listen to whatever you miss on your way to uh, work on Monday. So we hit all 30,000 subscribers. Yeah. 30,000 subscribers on the YouTube page. You guys, that's crazy. We appreciate it so much guys. Uh, and like I said, before you leave, hit that like button. It helps us out tremendously. Uh, the comments on here are always awesome. Steve's pink shirt. We appreciate it. Red and black dogs. Uh, all you guys. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll see you not next week. Next week's a bye week guys. But uh, the week after that, Georgia, Florida, it's going to be a good one. We're going to overreact. For Riding a Bull Sea, I'm Paul Meharry. Thanks so much for our sponsors, the Rogue Shop, ASW Distillery, and the 7-6. We'll see you next uh, – no, I just said that. We'll see you two weeks from now. I can't keep me anywhere. See ya.